0: Everybody read. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right, Justin. We're gonna see tonight how the game gods feel with you right now. I feel like this is an easy one. So let's see if they have best like bestowed their mercy upon you. Is that the phrase? I don't know. I don't give a fuck. Anyway, let's see if they if their mercy is upon you, Justin. To give you to to inspire an answer out of you. All right, Justin, sing me a song.
0: That makes you think of scary things. Hmm.
2: Uh, we'll go with uh, Nightmare Before Christmas on this one. How about that This Is Halloween song? This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Halloween.
1: Hmm. Is that the best song from that, though, that would have done it? I mean, I get it, Justin. But like
0: hmm.
2: I mean, what's the scary things like Halloween? And this is a, a song about Halloween. Mm, I get it.
1: I think a better example would have been kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus. Hmm. But you know what, Justin? I think I think your answer upholds the to the spirit of the
2: question. So you get a point, tight. Justin. Yeah. And that um I want to say corn remixed that Kidnapped Mr. Santa Claus, oh, fucking didn't they? I love that one. That was tight. I love that. So, Shout out to them for that. That was tight.
1: Like, I'm kind of burned out on Nightmare Before Christmas. I used to watch it all the damn time. Like, I was one of those kids that used to buy Nightmare Before Christmas shit all the time at Hot Topic. I loved that shit. I got kind of burnt out on it. Which is saying a lot. Considering how many times I can watch movies and not get burnt out on them. But I kind of got burnt out on that. You know what I never got burnt out on, though? Kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus and the Oogie Boogie song. Never could get burnt out on those. (laughs) Fucking great. They're great. All right, Heather. Let's see if the gods have mercy for you, too.
3: Oh, boy. I'm going to do one. I think I've done it before, but it's scary sounding to me. Or scary things. It's the, the Freddy song. The one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, better lock your door. The song is uh, it's real creepy and terrifying.
1: And just like the last time you did it, I don't know if that qualifies as a song—more of a nursery rhyme or maybe a limerick.
3: Oh, is that why I didn't get points on that last time? I don't even remember these days.
1: Yep. So. Okay. Because I don't know if it qualifies as a song. But you know what, Justin, Justin understands the spirit. Of the question. So, Justin, does that adhere to the spirit of the question?
2: Oh, man, what do the gods say? I mean, they, they, it is a, they are singing it. (laughs) I guess you got to count it. I mean, they are singing it. I mean, they, they, it, it is. I see what you're saying though. It feels more like a, a like a nursery rhyme, but they are singing it. They are. So yeah. She she's gotta get it. She 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 skates in by the skin of her teeth. Don't be mad at me, gods. I hope you agree with this. All right, Heather. You get a point.
0: I'll take it.
1: I mean and I I get your argument with Justin. And I mean, Heather says the same thing. That they are singing. They are. But like, I guess it's kind of like what you just did last week or whatever, Heather. when you did, what was it? Uh, Oh, the fucking spider down the water spout song. What the fuck is that called? The Itsy Bitsy Bitsy Spider. Spider? Yeah, that one. See, to me, those are nursery rhymes. You know, and well, mm-hmm. well, I'm just saying the whole Freddie song just reminds me of that.
3: No, I get that. But I mean, and I, I think I look at it as like when people reference that song or when they reference that movie or what, they say, what is that song from Freddie? What is that Freddie song? They say song, or at least I do. And most people I know say, yeah, you know, that song from the Freddie movie.
2: That's a fair point.
1: But I've never heard anyone say that. (laughs) You have (laughs) I've never heard anybody go, man, what's that Freddy song?
3: (laughs) Or being like, you know, you know that creepy song from the Freddy movie? No. That's
1: what I'm saying is I've never heard anybody reference it as a song with the exception of
2: you. I see. Have I heard that? I mean, I want to say I have. I can't think of anybody from direct memory, but I know for sure I haven't heard anybody say, what's that nursery rhyme? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. (laughs) They probably would say song before they said, what's that rhyme? What's that? What are those bars from Freddie? What are those Freddie bars?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That feels more accurate, though. It kind of does, though. What, some, some, some rapper needs to do Freddy that, man. Bars, you know, from Nightmare on Elm Street, I'd be like, oh, yeah, that one, two, Freddy's coming for you. And they're like, yeah, that shit.
2: Some now, rapper needs to do
1: that. I mean, would you would you kind of do that backhanded compliment to Freddy and call them fire bars? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch.
3: Okay, you know what, though? Here's the thing. I was,
2: was so mean. You know fair. his skin is burned.
3: I'm gonna be fair. I did Google it, and Google says it is a nursery rhyme. So I should have checked that before, but it was the first thing that came to mind because that song is super creepy. Or that do you, do those you bars from, are super creepy.
1: Do you remember that that movie from back in the day that was like Mother Goose's Rock and Rhymes?
0: Um, yeah, I yes.
1: remember that. That just sounds like so like that sounds like a like it's that type of thing where it's like, man, we're gonna make these nursery rhymes cool and make them songs. It just sounds like we're doing that to Freddie. But it's too late, Heather. I've already given you the point.
0: I'll take it. I'll still take it.
1: Because we're 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 hoping that, that just appeases the gods because it, it, it adheres to the spirit of the question. Okay. You know what does well, appease the gods, though?
0: Hmm.
1: Our theme song.
4: Somebody will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you.
1: A slayer. 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 Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another bonus off script episode. For anybody that doesn't know, the off script series is once a month we just do an episode where we talk about a topic. Now, a topic this is our second topic episode where we just kind of talk about whatever it doesn't necessarily mean it's movie or TV related, not that that really. Always keeps us in check on our movie and TV related episodes, but the this is more free-flowing in general. So we did ask for some suggestions from you, Cinefans, about what are some topics you would, would like some episodes on. And this episode's topic, if you could not guess, is horror. Which now that I'm we're doing this, maybe we should have waited a couple of months and done it for October for Halloween. But you know oh, what? Oh, man, it's too late. We're already rolling with it. So, we are doing horror tonight. We do have some questions from you Cinefans. And we are going to go based on those. Um, And as is typical with these off-script episodes, Heather is our official question keeper. So, start us off, Heather. Oh, also, before that, though, wasn't that just an amazing transition into our theme song?
3: It was, yes.
1: Yeah. All right, Heather, now you can go.
0: Okay. So, our first
3: question of the night is from Katie, who you guys are friends with. And okay. So, it's, that-
1: it's not guest Katie, it's the other Katie. Correct. It's the Becca yes. Katie. Got it.
3: Becca Katie, yes. Um. Her question is, do you think Marvel could feasibly make a Marvel zombies movie
0: or limited series?
2: Does that mean I'm going first? Yeah, I was waiting on you. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it was me to go. Um, I mean, they definitely could. And if they did do it, I guess the question is, should it be horror? Cause I, cause I get like the, that, that the zombies would be, um, obviously zombies are horror themed monster creation. What if you will, but then it's like, well, should the film though play like that? And if it's a Marvel film, you'd have to imagine that it probably couldn't, they couldn't go full horror. Right, well, maybe they could. I mean, there are rated Marvel movies. So, I mean, I, I, but but I think that's even a bigger question. How would you do this? Would you do it? Maybe would you do it more like Shaun of the Dead style? Where it's like a little more comedic and stuff like that, but it's got the zombie. But maybe it could be rated R, so it could kind of be Deadpoolish, Shaun of the Dead-ish, where it's kind of comedic and kind of funny, but it's got the gore and stuff like that or would or or is this something where you peel it back a little bit and there'd be zombies but you know you try to have it be kind of like the level of your typical marvel movies like a black widow or something like that so there'd be violence but it wouldn't be the gore you wouldn't have a lot of the gore you wouldn't have you'd have some of it but they tone it down to keep that rating so everybody could see it Um, what do you think? How would you want that movie to be if they were going to tackle that movie? How do? What do you think they should do? You know, might be the bit the bit even bigger question. You know, I think they can do it. It's just how. Like, what approach would they take, or what would be the best approach? Do you think for a movie like that?
1: Well, I think we're gonna find out like later this month or early next month because. One of the Marvel What If animated series episodes is gonna have Marvel the Marvel zombies in it. So Oh, okay. We'll kinda get a trial run with that. Now, I think if they're gonna do it, I don't think it can be a movie. Um, just kind of with how they do things. I don't think a movie would work because it, it will be like an Else Worlds type of story, or in the Marvel universe, it's the what ifs. Where you can't really do that with a movie because that will confuse people like why all of a sudden are all these people dying, you know, type of situation. Um, But where I think they could get away with it and it work very well is maybe like a four or five episode like half hour each animated series. You know, just kind of expand off the what if story and just kind of do a mini series of it. And do it animated so you can go crazy with it. You can go crazy with it without it going crazy, you know? You can have people, like, getting their arm bit off, but not be bloody if you do it animated, you know? It, you can keep the art style kind of like the Marvel Zombies comics and stuff. You could do several different things with it. You might be able to even get some people to come back that maybe have quit the Marvel Universe or, or no longer in it, or anything like that, to just do their character for an episode of the animated series. You know, you could throw, like, Chris Evans, like, a million bucks, go, hey, come record for one and a half episodes. You might do that. I know he's not doing his voice in the Marvel What If story, but down the road, though, it might be easy to throw it at him. You know what I mean? So I think you get some more leeway with something like that. And can do some more interesting things because you could, if it's on that, if you do it like an animated series, say they haven't introduced the X-Men yet in the MCU, you could still throw some X-Men in that though. You know, you might even get Hugh Jackman to come back and do his voice or something, or you could throw a Deadpool in there or something if it's animated. I just feel like that'd be a little bit easier to maybe get some people to come do it and to also keep it where you can go crazy with it, but it not confuse people by having superheroes die in in a movie or something like that. And then have to do the overall explanation of, well, it's, it's like the MCU, but it doesn't count. I think it just kind of work easier that way.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I think I agree because, yeah, just because of a lot of backstory and all of that. Um, So you're saying it would work as a limited series, but mostly if it's like an animated one.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be the easiest way to make it work.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, I feel like just everything I've seen Marvel do as far as shows already i'm just like i feel like they can do no wrong at this point as far as how shows go <laughs> like they just keep bringing these new shows that are all different in their own way but they all completely work and they're all interesting too so i feel like i feel like they would be able to do a series on it and probably do it well just from what i've seen so far with the the ones we have out already
2: Yeah, and just to speak on what Sterling said, yeah, I didn't think of that idea, but that's... But yeah, that sounds like the most feasible way to do it. Like Because like you said, you don't want to confuse people about what's going on in the actual MCU, but it would be cool, and that would be a good selling point for that animated series. Hey, Chris Evans is going to come back and voice Captain America. Uh... Uh, robert downey jr is going to come back and voice um tony stark it would be real cool if you did that i think that a lot of fans would be hyped for that and if it's following just and if it's just kind of based on the com- the limited comic series and not so much what happened in the mcu but you still get some mcu nods because these voice because these actors are coming back to do voices that would be cool. You know, I would be down for that. And yeah, I think that you're right. That probably would be the the smartest approach rather than trying to have a standalone movie. And like you said, having to go back and explain, okay, this is not what th- this is, you know. And I mean, there would be ways to do a movie where you could kind of get away with it or, you, you know, but then... Who would you have come back and play these characters? Would you get, would you try to bring these other guys who are not in it back? You know, you know, it would just, you're right. It, I think that would be much more difficult to do. But could they do it? Yes, they definitely can. Because at this point, I mean, we're doing the multiverse. So, I mean, if we're going to be doing the multiverse, I, the, you know, at this point, I can't say what Marvel can't do because all they've shown me is that whatever they what <laughs> whatever they're trying to do they they can so i mean so if the question is can yes they can uh it's just a matter of how and i i think sterling that's a great blueprint i think that that would actually work man like a limited edition animated i think that would actually work man that was like that's a solid idea man i don't know if you can do better than that. So we'll see. But but we'll see how the uh, what if episode goes for sure. Well, and think about this. How you
1: can kind of spin off the what if episode. With the whole multiverse thing. Especially after this year. Because we're going to get Spider-Man. Which they say isn't going to be multiversal. But I have a feeling it will be. Doctor Strange is going to be multiversal. You can get. You could do the what if series right now. And then think about this you could do like and call it like Marvel multiverse anthologies where you do like an anthology series where every like season is quote unquote different, where you do like five episode mini series that take place in other multiversal worlds, which in a way is what the What If series is. The What If series do take place in other planes of the multiverse. But you could do like a miniseries on that and you can do a mini series and some other random multiversal thing that you've seen that we might see in like uh, Doctor Strange. They might show us several different multiverse universes in that. So what if they just showed us, you know, like five episode miniseries of different bullshit like that, you know, and that way you can kind of keep it going and you can continue to explore the multiverse. But keep it all animated, you know. You could do like, and this is something that goes back in, and this would require some work with Sony. But like into the Spider Verse, you know how they brought in all those multiversal Spider Men, and that you could do a five episode mini series on Spider Ham. You know, yeah, that's true. O- yeah, or you could do one where you could do and that's a way you could also do different crazy things with it. Like you could do like a, you know, a universe where like, um, you know, like Tony Stark, uh, if instead of him being like Iron Man, he's something else or somebody else is Iron Man. You know what I mean? Like you could do an episode where instead of, you know, like Tony Stark being, you know, Robert Downey Jr. You can have him be like... I don't know. Who's just like a different actor. Like vastly different actor. Um, Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Or something like that. Or even like a Jack Black. Or like Kevin Hart. Have have Tony Stark be Kevin Hart. <laughs> and do an animated series. <laughs> where Kevin Hart. It's like just do it a five episode spy, or Iron Man series. No, I'm not saying don't do the origin again, you know, but just do a series where it's Kevin Hart is Tony Stark. You know, yeah. But you could do something like that with the multiverse and do it like more specifically with, uh, the Marvel Zombies. You could even just start a whole thing. Like I know this might not be, you know, as feasible, but it would tie into more something like this episode where you could do like a Marvel horror anthology series where you do a couple of episodes It's like Marvel Zombies, and the next season you can do something like Man-Thing or there's talks that Werewolf by Night will be in one of the movies at some point, but you could do their werewolf stuff, or there's a character called Demon Slayer um, there's a character called they did a TV series on Hulu about it, but that's, that's already done and cancelled, but uh, hailstrom some of their more horror-related characters, because they do that stuff in the comics. They'll do a Man-Thing miniseries of, like, four issues that's horror-themed, you know? It's meant to be more of a horror story. But you could do that type of stuff. You know, you could do some of the Dracula shit, like, say, after Blade comes out. You could just do some vampire stories. You know, like a, like a horror thing where it's like, you know, the, or like take a random vampire from the blade movie, say like the first vampire that dies in the blade movie. And then you could do an animated series. That's actually their backstory and how they became a vampire, you know, and have it be more vampires and mm. shit like that. Um, I mean, with them doing moon night, like I said, moon night does tie directly into werewolf by night. I kind of hate the fact that they call the character Werewolf by Night, when that's the name of the series, but it's it's a guy named Jack Russell. Uh, and he's a werewolf. And that's the, the series that Moon Knight debuted in, was one of his uh, issues. And so they do a lot of things in the comics that combine the two. There's a lot of Werewolf by Night stories that feature Moon Knight and vice versa. So you could do, say after Moon Knight comes out or whatever, you could do an animated one where it's like the team-up of Moon Knight and Werewolf by Night, you know, doing some horror, like, you know, like somebody's getting killed and like all these people are getting killed in this town. And Moon Knight shows up because he's like, man, this sounds like, you know, Jack Russell and Jack Russell's there. And he's like, look, it's not me, though. You could do that whole horror thing of like, he's like, no, it's you. And they fight and all this other stuff. And Moon Knight beats him and has him in a cage. But then like somebody else dies that night. He's like, see, it's not me. So they team up to track down this other werewolf that's there or some shit. And you could do it all animated and it makes it easier to do those monsters and shit for way cheaper too. But you could do a horror anthology series like that and do one of them as Marvel Zombies because they do it in the comics all the time. So why not with this too? Yeah.
0: I don't hate that no. idea. I agree. I don't hate any of that, man. I'd be down. So. All right. Next question. Yeah. You
3: ready? Okay. All right. Our next question is from Kimberly. Um, Kimberly asked What era of horror are you glad has ended in TV or film? Which is a can, good question. can but... I start that? yeah,
1: I know off the top of my head those bullshit American remakes of Japanese horror films,
3: oh okay, I'm oh, that's
1: a good so one. fucking glad that's done
3: because I honestly was trying to think of one where I'm like, has any of the eras of them ended that I can think of? but yeah, you're right.
1: that one has like and they tried to do it again when they did that remake of uh the grudge. Oh that movie sucked. Um, yeah. But like what was it? They did The Ring, The Grudge, uh that dark water which I know does wasn't Ugh. directly like you know one of those movies, but it was an American version of that. You know.
3: Justin did not like that. No.
1: No, <laughs> we saw it together. Trust me, I know exactly where Justin's at with that movie.
2: Yeah, it was putrid, Heather. <laughs> putrid.
3: I never saw it. I guess I'm glad I'm not I haven't seen it.
1: Um White Noise felt a lot like that. Mm. Um, Cellular felt a lot like that. All those movies Uh all felt like those Japanese horror films. And I've got nothing against the Japanese horror films. I don't personally like them. That's not my brand of horror that I like. Where it's a bunch of ghost kids. Now, I do know the Ring series, especially the books, goes into a whole other fucking place with that bullshit. But... There's like something to do with, I think, demons, but also computer programs. It's weird shit. But those just movies of constant kid ghosts and doing shit like that. And just the way they would do all those. I, I just fucking hated them. I mean, for the most part, I guess I hated anything that wasn't a slasher movie that was horror in the, for most of the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like, 2000 to mm-hmm. 2010, if it wasn't a slasher film, I probably fucking hated it if it was horror. Like, okay, that's why the Saw movies still going to work, because you can, like, loosely throw those into slasher. You know? I know they're not directly a slasher film, but they kind of follow more of a slasher type of, of horror type of formula, with the gore and stuff like that, you know what I mean? So I, right. I was okay with those. But all those fucking kid ghosts and Ghosts in the Machine and all that bullshit we were getting for through all that. I am so fucking glad that shit's dead now. Because I fucking hated one. every second of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, and it's a good question, but I feel like it's a hard question because I, I just... I feel like most types of horror is still recycled. You know what I mean? But, um no, you're right on that. You are absolutely right on that. I actually... Yeah, I'm. I'm having a hard time thinking of an era that has actually ended, but I do like the question a lot. I don't know, Jason. Do you have anything?
2: Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, I kind of w- we spoke about it earlier, but like stuff like the killer tomatoes, or like where they would just take anything, <laughs> almost any inanimate object, and just make it. <laughs> a horror movie or say oh it's coming to kill you now or you know all of this kind of stuff i'm glad that there is i feel like there's a lot less of that like it seems like we have moved in the direction of more interesting ideas you know you don't really see anything like that like pineapples are the killer or You know, like I feel like we've gone away from that kind of stuff, you know, but it used to be a dime a dozen, man. Like there was always this killer something that was coming after you or Mm -hmm. that was trying to kill you. And they would do that a lot. You know, if you if you just go down the line, you can find tons of movies like that where just some random thing is killing people. So I am kind of glad that that's been sort of. That's been toned down. You don't see as many. Now, now still, there are some silly movies that come out every now and then, but you don't see that as much. You know what I mean? You don't really see, like, every now and then we get a Thanksgiving where a turkey is killing people. But, like, you know, but you just don't see it as often as you used to. But, like, those movies used to be everywhere. And I feel like now they're way less popular. You know, like... Even when you look at more modern ones where people tried to do it like M. M. Night Shyamalan tried to do, you know, the nature is the killer and it didn't really work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like now, when you look at more modern examples of that, it hasn't really worked. You know what I mean? And I think it's because that trend just isn't trendy anymore. Well, yeah. Oh.
1: I kind of disagree with you, Justin, because I actually miss those types of things because, while everybody does enjoy like a good horror film, you know, that like attempts to actually be scary and all that other stuff. Like you can debate whether or not they are and all this other stuff, but we all appreciate those movies. Those are great. More of those. Sure. I'm all about it. But that's also one of the things I love about the horror genre is the horror genre lends itself very much to movies that are just pure fun to watch, especially with a group of people. And that's what Hmm. those movies are perfect for. You know, nobody sits there and goes, you know what? I want to watch a good horror film let me watch Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. But, you very much can sit there and go, man, let's watch a shit fest of a movie tonight. What do you want to watch? Attack of the Killer Tomatoes? Oh yeah. And it works. <laughs> it's perfect. I think that there is more of an apt situation for those movies. You know? I don't think... Well, I mean... Outside of watching a horror movie in the theater, I don't think horror movies lend themselves to like watching in groups. You know, I don't think you can sit there and watch it follows. You know, as a group of friends go, oh my God, guys, let's watch a scary movie. It follows. That it doesn't sit as well. I mean, I understand in a theater, it is technically a group of people, but it's kind of a different situation. But you can sit there. And go, all right, what do you want to watch tonight, guys? Let's watch, you know, Chud. (laughs) And it works. (laughs) You know? And I I just appreciate those movies for that. Like, one of the movies I've, I've done in our little TikTok series is a movie called Llamageddon. It's about a space alien llama that comes to Earth and kills people. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. <laughs> it is like bottom of the barrel student films are more fun to like or better quality than this type of movie. But I would never recommend a movie more to watch in a group situation than Llama Like you just <laughs> sit there 10 people Pop in Llamageddon and just buckle up and have a good fucking time. It works. Yeah, Like, it's just one of those types of movies. And, I mean, dude, this llama goes straight like kung fu on people, dude. Like, punches people and shit. It's a llama and it punches people.
3: So, like, killing sort of?
1: Yeah, but it doesn't talk. Mm. Um, It's just... It's, it really is a shit fest of a movie. But I, like I said, if you're with a bunch of people, it could probably be one of the funnest movies you ever watch in a group of people. And Mm -hmm. I, I appreciate that. And I'm glad that they have not that, that, that style hasn't died out, you know, completely. I'm glad it's not dead completely. Because like well, like I get what you're saying also, Justin, with the whole idea of you know, it's like the random shit where it's like killer tomatoes. And there and then there's that one that's like just toys, right? Isn't it called toys? Not yeah. the Robin Williams toys, <laughs> but the other one, like Yeah, it's just toys that kill people. Or like, you know, one of my favorite franchises of all time, the Puppet Master franchise, where they're fucking puppets. Um <laughs> like but those that also goes back to the eighties when and and I know that this will speak to you, Justin. When they also had the random occupations that would kill people, i.e., the dentist, the dentist.
3: Oh yeah.
1: The what homicidal yep. cop? Um, maniac cop. nurse ratchet. <laughs> maniac. You know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Right, maniac cop. Yeah. Um, maniac cop. Well, and I well nurse ratchet. Yeah, but there was another movie though. There's a horror movie I know where there's just a nurse that's just killing people and shit. Like, it was just the occupational horror, like, you know. That's t- a movies. good one, yeah. And it's, 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 that's the same type of situation, Justin, where they just kind of have a bunch of shit and they just, they just went, look, put a bunch of nouns in a bowl. And they go, they pull one out and go, all right, we're making a horror movie with this noun, tomatoes. Hmm. killer tomatoes. Well, what are the killer tomatoes doing? They're attacking. So you say it's an attack
2: of the killer tomatoes gold mine. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and I get what you're saying. Like there, there will always be kind of a niche like appeal and audience for that. But I guess I'm more or less speaking of just the, the trend of, like, those movies used to come out in theaters. And people, and you know, that used to be seen as, like, a lucrative thing to do. Now I feel like if you were going to do a movie like that, it would probably have to be a little bit smarter. You'd probably have to think a little bit better about your casting. you know, it would have to be a better movie than what we got back then. You know, you couldn't just Produce it because it's super cheap and just go, all right, everybody's going to watch it. And I feel like maybe that is what has changed. Like, I feel like even the horror fan has changed a lot in that way. I I just feel like Mm. people nowadays spend more money on the ones that seem like they really got something, you know? Mm -hmm. I I just don't know if that on the marquee sales anymore. And maybe that's a good thing, because if it did, we'd still be getting that shit. And maybe we wouldn't get some of the sensory horror movies that we got, like that we have now, like Don't Breathe or just any of those movies where they've had to really kind of expand their creativity, because to me, that was kind of a lack of creativity. But now where we're in, we're kind of in this horror kind of generation now where there's a lot of creativity now, that I feel that I don't know was there back then when that stuff was. Oh, more I love of the, the craze. era now.
3: Yeah, the era of horror. You know now, what I, mean? I think Is great. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I but mean, those things will always have the the appeal and the niche. You know what I mean? I agree
1: that I don't want these movies we're talking about going to theaters. I agree with that. Yes. Completely no theaters. But I kind of just wish it was happening more often. Even if it was just like on Netflix or on Shutter or so you know what I mean? I just still wish we got just like five of them a year of just bullshit horror movies like that. That you could just stream somewhere. I I, that's that's what I want. That's the dream to me. (laughs) I got you.
2: Like yes, I I I completely
1: agree though. Not in theaters. No, God, no. Like, no, fuck that noise. <laughs> that ruins everything. I love that it's just bullshit. You yeah. Know? And I streaming got you. is now the, the the modern day version of straight to DVD. You know, and that's what
2: I want. Very true. Very true. And, and not, some of those, and I'm not going to lie, I'd probably have a blast reviewing some of those movies if they were coming out because you know we'd have to review some of them. But, yeah. but So, I get your point with that. I mean, velocipaster, Yeah, Velocipastor. Like, that's that <laughs> shit. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, and talking about this, like, for me, I can say that, I guess that, you know, the monster sci-fi type of horror movies, were they've never really been my favorite. Um, and I know that they're still a thing. But I feel like it's not as frequent as it was, like, as it used to be. And for me, I'm okay with that. Like, you know, with, like, you have the anacondas, you know, you have, like, the Lake Placids, and, you know, you have, like, all of these... Crawl was good. That's the exception to the rule. But, you know, even just, like, it's just never been my thing. Like, I totally get people liking those and being into them. But I, when I am watching a horror movie, that, for me, it doesn't really say horror like that's not what in my mind i consider to be horror like something that scares me specifically so for me that's you know i i'm okay that they don't continue to make a ton of those
1: i have never felt more betrayed in my life
3: (laughs) i know i'm probably in the minority with a lot of people on that but You know, I just prefer, you know, slasher films, the psychological thrillers, the sensory horror, um, those types of things. I just like those types of horror movies more.
1: I get that. But to me, like, essentially monster movies like that, especially ones that are based on, like, real-ish animals, I love those. Those are some of my favorites. Like, I mean, I've I've got a record, and it's all my essentials, so this, this isn't a surprise. Like, arachnophobia, I love arachnophobia. And I know that's not necessarily might be what you're talking about. It might also be. But, like, I love that. I love the, like, Placid franchise. There's, like, six of those now, and I've seen all of them.
3: And again, I will say, Crawl, I think, is different. And I don't even know if I would consider that horror so much as, like, thriller or whatever. But either way that movie was good and I will not deny that. But, and maybe it's just because in general, like, you know, I don't like snakes. I don't like crocodiles. I don't like all of these like things anyway. And so a movie about it, which you would think that that would be terrifying for me, but I think it's because I'm just kind of like, eh, I mean, I don't really like these things to begin with. So I don't have an interest in it. Like with some horror, I'm just like, this looks terrifying but something in me's like I just want to see what happens. With those types of monster science fiction type horror ones, I'm I'm not like, oh, I need to know what's going to happen here. So maybe that's why. Not that they're like all terrible or anything. I'm just saying like it they they're not really all that scary to me most of the time.
1: I mean, I get what you're saying. I I don't think crawl counts on this because they're not really like monsters in that they right. are more just animals. Um, mm-hmm. So in regard, I guess arachnophobia wouldn't count in that either, because you know. But I mean, but at the same time, like especially with your love of J Lo, are you saying you don't like Anaconda?
3: <laughs> I mean, I, I will that. say I used to love <laughs> that movie because I I like the cast. It's a young Owen Wilson, a J Lo, an Ice Cube. You know, you got like all these people in it. But I mean, I was so young that I was just like, "Oh, okay," you know. But yeah, I mean, if I were to look back on that movie now, I'd be like, "What is this?"
1: <laughs> I mean, or or Anaconda Two, like Hunt for the Blood Orchid, or something like that. They have I, a gigantic <laughs> sex it. ball of anacondas that somebody falls into. It's amazing. It a sex ball? Yeah, that's how anacondas mate.
3: Oh,
0: okay. So,
1: like, they mate by, like, getting in a pit, and it's, like, one female that's putting off sex pheromones. And all these males just get in, and it's just, like, a ball of snakes fucking. Hoping that the female gets pregnant. <laughs> and...
3: And then they have a scene of them... Okay. Somebody falls in
1: it. It's fucking fantastic. I just... Or I,
3: even, like, a... Go ahead.
1: No, was just, like, it's, it's that, or, like, the Deep Blue Sea franchise. Did you guys know there's three of those?
3: I did. I only saw the first. The first one, I will say, three. I didn't hate that one.
1: Yeah, Justin, there's three of them. I'll give you one more guess as to who owns all three, Justin.
2: Hmm. Does he have a beard?
1: He does. <laughs> I fucking love those.
3: Oh, man. The first so one's very good. I, I do like the first movie. I think it's a good one.
1: The first one has probably the best tie-in rap song ever. Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark's fin. I knew if I said that, Justin would do it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> On cue. I don't know. I love that. And I think that that goes back to what I was saying about this other thing we were talking about with the the things killing people like movies. Is a lot of these movies are that shit. Because they end up getting five or yeah. six sequels They go straight to video. No one knows they exist. And I've seen all of them. And I <laughs> love it. There's a Lake Placid versus Anaconda movie.
3: I see. I did not know that.
2: What? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes! I love them. They combine those universes? Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, I also see...
3: I I see your point in like watching those types of movies, like with a group of people just having fun. I totally get the appeal of that. I'm just saying, for me, I like my horror movies to actually be like something that kind of scares me and, you know, kind of thing. And those don't really do it. But if we're talking just like to watch for fun or to like have a good time and laugh at or whatever, sure, I'm down for that. But as far as, you know, I need another, like, scary monster movie in my life. I, I, I can't say that I'm, like, really necessarily craving that. So,
1: I don't know. See, I guess that's the difference as to what scares us. Because, like, you know what doesn't scare me? Ghosts, demons, <laughs> all that shit. You know what scares me? Alligators. Sharks. Because those fuckers kill people now.
3: I do get that, but I feel like I'm not usually in a situation where I'm around them anyway, so maybe that's why.
1: I mean, my dad's from Florida. I grew up in Texas. My dad's from Florida, but I grew up in Texas with the healthy fear of what alligators could do. Being nowhere near them. I'm halfway across the country from alligators. But I grew up with a healthy fear and respect (laughs) for the sheer ferocity of a gator.
2: Man, an alligator would devo you. They got those powerful jaws, man. You don't want to get gator-rolled. I know that much.
1: Exactly.
3: (laughs) And not that they don't scare me, but I think... I don't know. It's just not the first thing that I'm just like, that's a terrifying movie for me. In general, yes. I don't even like insects or bugs. I hate the feeling of them on me. Like, I'm not like a fan of that. So I get it. I, I'm just saying like, as far as horror genres go, that's not on my list of top genres or sub genres of horror that I enjoy.
2: Maybe, but I do get to an extent what you're trying to say. Like you, you want to feel like you don't want to watch it and be like, "Ha ha, this is funny" or "This is bullshit." You like your horror when it scares you. You want to be scared. You want okay. there to be tension. You want to be guessing. Oh man, what's going to happen next? You want to be. You want your feelings like you want to be manipulated and taken on a journey and. You want there to be, you want to feel like there are stakes and and stuff like that. Right. And I totally get that. And And don't get me wrong. I've
3: seen my fair share of B-rated horror movies and they're terrible, but I still love watching them. So it's not like they have to all be good horror movies, but you're right. Like, I want to see the journey. I want to see who survives. I want to see who the killer is, or I want to see, you know, what is the twist and all of that. So, yeah, I think that's what it is.
2: Yeah, and it's just kind of that goes back to that whole thing of, like, what what is horror to you? Are you a person that, like, you accept it in all forms? So whether it's scaring me or making me laugh, it's all horror to me or for you. But some people are like, no, real horror is I have to be scared. It's horror. Mm-hmm. I want to be scared. I want to be I want to feel like there's tension. I want to feel like there's something at stake. I want to feel like something, you know, when somebody, when when the camera cuts or somebody jumps out, I want to be, I want to jump. I want to feel like, oh man, this is a crazy atmosphere and a scary situation. I want to be able to put myself in the shoes of this person and be like, oh man, you know, this person chasing him. Is he going to get away? Is he going to make it? You know, there are people where that's, they're looking for that feeling because it's not true right. horror unless they're feeling that. And then, and so for them, you know, when it comes to a movie like, like The Dentist or something like that, it's, it's kind of like, I'm not going to be scared watching that. It's a different kind of enjoyment. And I don't know if it's a horror enjoyment, it's more of a like comedic or. Not serious, or this is you know, ridiculous. it's more of an it's not scaring me though, and so some people are like, well, if it's not scaring me, then I don't really yeah. respect it as horror, you know, d- despite how it fits in that genre. So and that's, I, I that I get is that to an extent.
3: That is true, and I think, and maybe it is just because in my mind, I I just sort of. Like, it automatically categorized those as, like, science fiction movies, you know? And I don't know why, but it just, that's more like sci-fi monster movies, not necessarily horror movies, which you, I mean, monsters are terrifying, so it should be the same category, but for whatever reason, my brain separates it. I don't
0: know why.
1: I get that. But at the same time, going back to what Justin was saying, what you were saying and all that other stuff. I can't go off the whole. If it scares you, like it has to scare you to be horror, or otherwise, mm-hmm. to me there'd be no horror movies. I don't actually <laughs> get scared in any of these movies. <laughs> I haven't in a long time. I got desensitized as a small
2: child. Like, right. So then, otherwise, but would- you don't feel any tension. You don't feel like. What about when the storytelling is good? You're never like wondering what's gonna happen or, or like, like the tension cares? of. What you know, that tension of what's around the corner or that, uh, what about those feelings? You don't get those feelings either. Well, like combining what both you were saying because
1: Heather said jump scares. Whenever I start feeling that tension, my thought isn't as to, oh, what's going to happen, it's, oh, when's the jump scare happening? (laughs) I don't, that's true. I don't end up thinking of it as what is happening in the movie, I end up starting to think about the mechanics of the movie. You know okay. what I mean? And, and I get that. Like, I do feel tension in those movies because I appreciate it when, especially horror movies or stuff like that, use sound and, and scenery and 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 music to build the tension, you know? And I like sometimes when you get those misdirects with the tension and stuff like that. I do appreciate yeah. all that. But when that's happening, I start thinking about, I stop thinking about what the moment is. Like when I you start feeling that yeah. musical tension, like that musical build in a horror movie, I stop thinking of what's it building to. I start going, Oh, that's a nice musical build to build this tension. Yeah. Is what I end up thinking. Okay. And that is somewhat slightly distracting in a horror movie. But that's but then I but it, it never detracts me from it. That's just what my brain does in those situations. Cause I appreciate those right. things. So that's what I'm like, oh, I appreciate that they did this. Cool. And I I don't, like, it does take me out of the moment, I guess. But then that's what, like, leads it to not being a scary moment for me. as I'm no longer in the movie. I'm thinking about the mechanics. And then when the scare, the jump, or whatever happens, I judge whether or not it was effective based on how they built it and stuff. I sometimes don't always relate Mm. to it in the movie. I get that. I
2: get that. That's fair. You know.
3: And these are these are great segues into a couple of follow, follow up follow-up questions we had. Um, unless you guys have a little bit more to add here.
1: No, no, let's keep going.
2: No, let's okay. keep going. Oh, no, I'm good.
3: Cause I mean it's it's technically gonna be kind of segueing off to the same thing. But um so Katie, who has done our podcast, other Katie.
1: <laughs> um, yes, Katie, got it.
3: Yes. <laughs> um So she, and she's a huge horror movie fan. Um, She did our Halloween episode. So yeah, but she, so her, one of her questions was, there have been several movies lately that are marketed as horror, but that I don't really consider as such. Do y'all feel that the horror genre is changing to include uncomfortable movies? Some examples, Mother, The Witch, Midsummer, that kind of stuff. Which is a good
0: question.
1: I disagree on one of those. I think Witch Midsummer. does still need to be considered a horror film. Yeah, yeah I do too. The,
3: the Witch was honestly great. I, I thought yeah. it was a great movie.
1: But I mean, and regardless of my feel, feelings about Midsummer, and we've never talked about it, but my feelings about Mother, um, I get what she's saying with some of that stuff. You know? But I think Witch is a horror film. I think it's very much got like a lot of your traditional horror elements, especially when it comes to movies dealing with witches and demons and devils and stuff like that. Yeah. It has a lot of those classic elements in it. I think that that's, that works. Um, I think it does have traditional horror elements, and I would say it is a horror film. I agree, though. I don't think Midsummer's is a horror film. I think it's a terrible film. Um, but if you want to put it <laughs> in, into a genre, it would be bullshit films. But if you want to go into, like, (laughs) like sub-genres of that, it'd be films that should have never been made. But if you want to get to, like, that that third level with it, I don't think it's a horror film. I think it it was supposed to be. I don't think it is, though. Uh,
3: It's kind of... It's more of a psychological thriller to me. Right. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Like a piss-poor
1: version of one, but...
3: And I think there is a difference between psychological thriller and like psychological horror. I don't know why, but I just feel like there's, I don't know. I feel like you're right. Like midsummer and even, um, I think midsummer for sure would be in that psychological thriller category. I even would say, um, maybe like get out might also be in that category. Um, I think that something like a hereditary might actually be more on the psychological horror. It's again, kind of like we said, I think several times with it, it was like a drama with horror elements, which is more in that niche of the psychological horror as opposed to psychological thriller. And maybe, maybe I'm being nitpicky with it. Maybe it's all sort of the same, but um I just, I feel like for me, I feel a difference when it's like, this is straight up horror with some of the stuff they put in it. And this is just like a thriller, a suspense type of thing. Does that make sense?
1: I get what you're saying, but I think I can argue against some of those. Okay. I think hereditary does end up being, should be classified more horror than some of that. Just because of essentially the demonic elements of it. Like the 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 scenes of actual demonic possession and stuff like that, I feel like those are horror elements, like strong horror elements. I think I would agree, and I know we like talked about it. And it's also been so long since I've seen it; it probably is a drama with horror elements up until the end. I think the end is when it goes all horror, right? You know, but I would argue, Get Out, is also a horror film. I get what you're saying about being psychological thriller and all this other stuff the reason why I'd argue horror is it plays into a lot of the same elements of body horror and demonic Mm. possession horror of the whole idea of you're no longer you. Like That's what I mean into the whole body horror thing. Kind of like something like The Fly or something like that where the idea of changing into something that is no longer you. And in the same way with demonic possession type of horror where a demon is possessing you or something else is possessing you and you're no longer you type of situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like it plays into some of those elements. Like I'm not saying that it does those elements. It taps into the same psychological effect that those elements have in a horror film and utilizes those same feelings in a different way in its movie. And that's why I would still argue that it's horror. Because, well, yes, I was saying the words like psychological, which, uh, you know, psychological thriller, but it's how those are being used. Like, psychological thriller to me isn't psychological to scare, you know? Like, mm-hmm. tension, yes. Suspense, yes. All those other things, yes. I don't think psychologically they mean to scare you, though, in a psychological thriller. Mess with your mind, yes, but not to scare. I think the psychological elements used in Get Out were meant to scare. Okay. And that's why I would argue that it is horror.
2: Okay. That's a good way of explaining it. I I like the way that you uh, said that. Um, Oh, were you um gonna continue, Heather? Sorry, I don't wanna like start and then you still have more to say. Nope, you're good. Okay, just checking. Um, I-, I would just say if I was gonna answer the question, I would just say yes, it it is changing. I do think it's changing, but I think it's for the better and it's got to keep changing. Yeah. You know, I've loved the creativity that has gone into some of these movies with some of these things, and I and and even and like what you guys were just talking about, like the thriller horror er- elements, and um, whether or not it's this or that, how to define it and stuff like that. But I think that like uh, uh, another big truth about that is that it's just that thriller and horror elements go together very well. You know what I mean? So yeah. whenever those elements are mixed well typically the movie is pretty good or it's memorable or it kind of stands out from your typical formulaic horror or your typical formulaic thriller you know what i mean i feel like those elements go well together because it, because you can because you probably do have a good horror movie on your hands if the thriller elements are done well If you're building the tension, if you're getting the person to think, you know, if you're manipulating the mind of your viewer, if you're doing those things and then you're also mixing that with and then using it to pay off scares, kind of like what Sterling was talking about, using those elements in order to scare, that's where you get your gold. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where the sensory horror has been effective or at least the movies that, 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 that came out that were good. It's taking some of those common things that we all think about and know and stuff like that. Um, and sort of using them to manipulate us in the film, to build tension in the film and different yeah. things like that, just like a quiet place or just like a don't breathe, you know, like it's when, that they have people are finding out or i'm not saying finding out because i mean i I feel like some of the thriller elements have always been you could argue they've always been used i mean as early as i mean hitchcock's hitchcock's psycho you know what i mean but i like that they're playing with more with the thriller elements and ideas and using them uh in, in horror movies and stuff like that and i think it's a good thing Sure, you may not always get a movie that you like, kind of like how Sterling feels about uh, Midsummer and stuff like that. (laughs) But you're also going to get gems like The Witch, you know what I mean? Or It it Follows and stuff like that. And I feel like what we have done is we've had to be more creative. You know, it can't just be a big guy in a mask killing people. It can't just be um you you know you bring back your slasher icons and just let them uh come in and do what they do and then we're just going to go home laugh all the way to the bank you can't always do that all the time you can but you you know halloween proves that yes you can bring them back but man that story was good it was well thought out they had to bring back a uh, 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 an older actress who was a veteran has been a part of that series. You know, there were a lot of reasons why that worked. They they didn't just bring him back and say we'll just put Michael Myers in this bullshit movie and it'll make money. Right. You know, it it had to be that they really had to. Um, even with that, they had to really think about the quality of it and improve the quality of the storytelling of that movie. And I feel like. That's a microcosm for what we're getting now. Just the I feel like the stories are just a lot better. They're a lot more creative. And they're starting yeah. to play around with different ideas. And they have to keep doing that. Like Brightburn. Brightburn was not a well-executed movie. But man, I wish it was. Because the idea yeah. of a Superman-like character killing people and being the bad person and coming after you and stuff like yeah. that. That's a great idea they just didn't execute it right. But I want to see more shit like that. You know, I want right. to see more creativity like that. And I think as long as they continue to kind of stretch what horror is from what it has been, we will continue to get things like that, you know. Um and, and I think that's the only way for the genre to grow. And horror has always been kind of a versatile genre you know what i mean you can do almost anything with horror if you want to be funny you can do it if you want to be super scary you can do it if you want to have horror and it be about um uh you know and the theme kind of be stds obviously you can do it you know it follows mm-hmm. did it. like it almost seems like it's limitless on what it can be So why limit it? Why put it in this box? Why put it? Why make it? Why limit it to just these things when you can expand it and it could be any of these things? You know, is how I feel about it. And that's one of the things I do love about the horror genre is
1: that it is infinitely adaptable to anything. You know, because there have been good versions. Of like those genre mashups. Like there are great examples of horror comedies that aren't that work completely well as both. Like Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead perfectly straddles the line between a horror movie and a comedy. Like it's a parody of a zombie film that's also paying homage to zombie films. It's a legitimately funny movie but it follows all the right notes you want from a zombie movie. Yeah. Like, you know, uh yeah. Cabin in the Woods yeah. is the same way. It it straddles the line of that comedy and horror. It follows the rules of, of a fucking monster movie, you know? And it works so well like that. Um, you want to get into sci fi horror. I mean, Alien, the first alien movie is a perfect yeah. combination of horror and sci fi. Yeah. Yeah. Same with the first Terminator movie. That's Mm -hmm. horror and sci fi. The first Predator movie. That's horror and sci fi. You know, you can get these movies that are combinations of both that work fucking perfectly. And you can't do that with other genres. You know, like you kind of do, but they end up getting morphed a little bit. Like, Dramatic movies that are very comedic, or comedic movies that are very dramatic, those always end up being called like dark comedies because they're serious and funny, you know. But that's what they become; they just become dark comedies, you know, and stuff like that. Whereas horror, they can go all over the place, you know. You can get your cheesy fucking movies. You can like, you can get your like serious ones, and like, and like Jasmine was saying, and like what you were saying, you can get those. Ones where it's like a mixture of like weird allegories and all this other stuff that you just can't always do with other genres. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know?
2: Or like you said, like satire or something like that. Like Scream is another one that I think about. Oh, yeah. Perfect example
1: of comedy and horror mixed. Well, And that's more specifically comedy and slasher mixed.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, And it's like
2: one of the best, you know what I mean? Like when, when they've been able to mix those ideas, they're like the best movies, man. Like they really are like when it, when it, when they, when it mixes and meshes well, and there's some creativity and some thought that kind of went into, okay, what is the cliche and how can we kind of, you know, play with that in a creative way, man, you, you, those movies are gems. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, Scream is kind of like a classic, honestly. It's just always... Even now, it still, for me, holds up. It's oh, like a it really fucking
1: perfectly holds one. up. The first Scream yeah. movie legitimately holds up. Right. Even when no, they did really Scream good. 4 and they tried to modernize it, it does not hold up as well as the first Scream does. Yeah. Like, the first no, Scream good. still feels fresher did Scream 4 where they added the internet and shit to it and cell phones. Yeah. And it just kind of shows how much of a classic that movie is because of it.
3: Yeah. And I guess I would say I do agree then I guess with, yeah, Jess and what you were saying about it does need to continue to grow. And yeah, I do think that they've started to add these other elements and other things in to what horror is considered. And you're right. I think the creativity and just kind of, the progression of that I think is great. And it's kind of why I said a little bit earlier that like the era of horror that we're in right now, which is kind of that psychological horror or the sensory horror. I love it because it's creative and it's different and it's more like it makes you think and it's like, you know, that kind of thing. And I actually was kind of just researching a little bit, like sort of what technically is the difference between um, a thriller in horror. And um, this was interesting. It says um, horror is the seemingly inevitable but predictable doom uh, where the climax of the movie is either getting away or stopping the evil, whereas thrillers are all about a tension-filled story that's not
0: predictable.
1: Yeah, I can see that.
0: Hmm, okay. Okay. I thought that was
3: interesting, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And when we're talking, though, about the evolution of horror also, I was thinking about it. And when it comes to, like, bringing back old franchises, as far as horror goes, the only one that's kind of worked is Halloween. Like, we're getting a sequel to that one. Whereas when they tried to do that with Scream, like, now we are getting a Scream 5 now. But... Like, they wanted to do a whole new thing with Scream 4. It kind of didn't work as well, but they tried to reboot, reboot Nightmare on Elm Street. They wanted that to be a franchise It failed. They tried to do that with uh, Friday the 13th. That failed. They tried to do that with Child's mm-hmm. Play recently. That failed. Yeah. Now they are doing the TV show, but that also looks different than what they were trying to do in the movie. You know, all those things failed. Like, we're getting another Candyman which it looks like they're doing, it looks more along the lines of the Halloween remake where it's it's a sequel reboot. It's a reboot and a sequel in one. I think that that's the best way to handle these franchises is don't straight up Mm -hmm. reboot it, just do a sequel reboot where it is a sequel, but you're rebooting it in the middle of the franchise and just negating other movies. You know, that's what Halloween does. They're just—they're only acknowledging the first one, and it works. So it's a sequel and it's a reboot. That's what they're doing in Candyman. They're not counting Candyman two or three, like as you know, uh, farewell to flesh and all those. They're not—they're not counting those. This is a sequel to the first Candyman movie, but also a reboot of the franchise with it. Mm. Those seem to work, and but it also goes to show that we were talking about that audiences aren't just accepting the bullshit we used to get. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. You know, every like they were smart because when it was getting shitty, they did reboot it in the middle of it with new Nightmare, and new Nightmare is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's tight, and then it goes to shit again. But like, they were able <laughs> to reboot it in the middle of the franchise with like the, that's the fourth or fifth one. I don't remember off the top of my head, but they were able to do that. You know, and as shitty as the Jason movies are, at a certain point. They also are kind of just fucking fun as shit to watch. You know? But, like I said, when they tried to remake it, I was not on board with that. Like, that movie was not good. You know? Whereas, if they went, we're doing Jason 11, and it was just some more bullshit Jason shit from like back in the day, I'd kind of probably be on board with that. But, like, they've shown that they keep trying to do that, and they keep trying to go back to old horror. Audiences aren't buying it anymore because of all the new types of shit we've been getting with horror. You know, as much as I was like so maligned for my take on Circus of the Dead. With all these people, they're just like, it's horror. What do you expect? Blah, blah, blah. All this bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. It does go back to the idea of what you guys are talking about, though. Like, well, that's kind of the problem. It is the same bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You know? He was trying to make yeah. like a horror like movie. Now, it was supposed to have some comedic elements and all this other stuff, but it wasn't meant to be, and he can say what he wants about it, but it wasn't meant to be something like we were talking about earlier that I have fun with, which is like those shitty horror movies. He wanted to make a genuine horror film, like a genuine slasher film. He wasn't trying to make Killing 3 that I love. You know? But that was the problem with it. It was the same bullshit that we've seen over and over again. And like we've talked about before, like, no, we expect more now. We've seen more now. The old way of doing shit, just going, well, a bunch of people are going to die in crazy death ways because that's the way horror is. That's not the way horror is anymore, though. That's the thing. Is yeah. It's not. Yeah. Horror's grown past that. Mm-hmm. You can't keep accepting what Fingora magazine says is classic horror now. Because it's just the same bullshit death shit over and over again. It's murder fetish movies. We're past that. You know, Circus of the Dead would probably be groundbreaking in 1986. But we're like 30 years past that or like 20 years past that now. Like it's that's the whole that 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 was my main issue with it, and maybe maybe it got lost in how I wrote the review when we were doing the written reviews, and I got all the flack for it. Maybe my writing of it lost that aspect of it, and that's fair that's on me i one hundred percent own that, but like that's my big issue with it is it's don't just accept it because it's the shit that you've the the same type of shit you've gotten for decades like do better. It's, it was the same shit I had whenever I was talking about, uh, what was it, Mortal Kombat that we did recently, where I was t- like talking about how all these people are like, well, it's a Mortal Kombat movie. What do you expect? Yeah, that's the mentality we need to get over. Because that's the, the, that's the mentality that these studios expect us to have. Because that's the mentality they have towards it. How about we tell them, no, fucking do it right. Let's just not accept it being shitty because it's, well, it's Mortal Kombat. No. Mortal Kombat can be good. Let's not accept mediocre to fucking shitty. It's the same with this shit, with like horror films and stuff. You want to resurrect a horror franchise like an old slasher shit? Do better with it. As much as I was not necessarily a huge fan of that Halloween movie, I get why people were. And that's, and a lot of my fandom or lack of fandom with it is my lack of fandom with that franchise. I don't connect as much with that franchise. And I can acknowledge that. You know, that's why I might be more amped about Candyman than I am Halloween. I know more people are going to be more amped for Halloween than Candyman, but I connect with the Candyman franchise. So I'm more amped for that. You know, but also at the same time, it looks like I said like I said earlier, it, it's going down the same lines as the Halloween franchise, which is the right way to do it. Even if I'm not a fan of it, it's still the right way to do it. Because both of you guys liked it, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. You guys very much enjoyed that, that yeah, Halloween sequel. Yeah. You know, because they didn't, they didn't quite do the same bullshit. They did modernize it. They did bring it forward. Now, are they they going to be able to... They
3: kept it simple, but they made it more modern. Yeah. Yeah, It's still simple.
1: Yes, you're absolutely right. You know? But they added some new elements to it. Like the whole, like, you know, women saying, fuck dealing with this, we're fighting back. That's new to shit. Especially in horror. You know? Right. They added some new stuff to it. And I might like this sequel more because it looks like they, it's more of a, fuck this noise, we're hunting Michael Myers movie. That actually sounds more intriguing to me. Yeah. You know? Now, my worry with that is, is after I watched the trailer, I felt like I saw every death in the movie. Because there was no less than 45 people getting stabbed by Michael Myers in that trailer. Yeah, I <laughs> totally agree. Is there anyone else that could be murdered? I right. don't think it's possible. But and that's a whole other story. But like, but either way, that's that's a new way of doing the old shit. Like, have we ever really seen a movie, a slasher movie, especially where it's a group of women saying "fuck this," we're gonna hunt down the slasher,
3: right?
2: You know, that's a new no, way of doing really slasher exactly shit.
3: Agree. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Normally, you're trying to escape or get away. Yep. That's. That's or, true. Or and, best or case. scenario into a corner. Yeah, you're trapped and backed into a corner, so you gotta fight. You know, that's the last resort. But normally you're trying to get away. That is typically how it works, you know. So yeah, that's a that, that that's a good point. And yeah, like like everything that uh you guys are saying. That it's, it's true. Like, because we have seen these creative ideas and we've seen this sort of expansion of it and the just the introduction of all these new ideas and stuff like that. And I'm glad that audiences are, are, are latching onto that. And that's what audiences are spending their money on because then that means we'll get more of it. I feel like if like you were talking yeah. earlier about the japanese themed kind of um horror movies that we just sort of tried to adapt over here in the us and at the time when they saw people would spend money on them man they just kept coming out and kept coming out and kept coming out you know they just well the, the, they just bled the movie community dry <laughs> uh, with those movies because people Kept spending money on them, and like I said, I feel like it's not just that horror has changed; the fan has changed, and like like we've said, what we want and what we're more and what we're accepting is just different. You know, I feel like the horror movie watcher is a little smarter now. We've seen all the tropes, we've seen all the cliches. We know when the music gets a certain way that that means something is about to happen kind of like what Sterling is talking about. Those are instincts that not only he has, that that's just, if you're a horror fan, you have them, <laughs> you know? You know what it means when the music gets a certain way. You know what it means when we're in a first-person camera view and we're creeping slowly around the corner. You know something's probably going to jump out. We have seen it so many times that it, it you you just can't, it it just can't always be the simple stuff all the time. It can't just be the gore. It's it's got to mean something. It's got to have a point. It's got to have that story element with it. You've got to get us to care. You've got to get us to invest. So it's a lot harder now, you know? So taking other elements, you know, a big scary man coming after you. Yes, that that can be scary. But I like that we're now doing it with other things. You know, what if your you think your daughter is a witch? Or what if, you know, there was a, a ghost or a specter that kind of acted like a sexually transmitted disease? And so it would transfer between people and stuff like that. It was slowly creeping towards you. You know, because because you have the mark or you have the thing and then that's what it wants. You know, whatever the example is, what if you are blind and there's a person after you and you can't see. So you have to rely on your other senses to get away from this predator. I like that we're taking these other things that can be horrific and we're using them to tell these new fresh stories. And I feel like that—that's because the modern horror fan has seen everything, the the old stuff, all a lot already. So you got to do a little bit more with it, man. If you're going to bring that old shit, you know what I mean.
1: I wonder how much of this is a generational thing, though, with horror, because if you look at our generation, horror's been a a, a movie genre our entire life, you know. Yeah. Our parents, it wasn't necessarily the case. Like they had the universal monster movies and they had the old Hitchcock type of stuff. But like horror movies didn't really come into play until the what, late 60s, early 70s, if that. Maybe mid 70s, really. You know, our parents didn't grow up with horror movies always there. We have. Yeah. That's a good point. You know, so it's like you said, we've seen it all. We've just in general, our generation, when it comes to movies, we've seen it all. You know, we've grown up with all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it, it is sure. different now. Back in the 80s, when all you got was like slasher flicks, that's all you got. You know, we've got more shit now. We've It's just, it's been indoctrinated into our lives. Now. And, and more so than other people, because like I said, we have seen it all. If you're a horror fan now, you've easily watched The Exorcist. You've watched, you know, you've watched the Jason movies. You've watched the Friday the thirteenth. You've watched Texas Chains. You know, you've watched all of the shit. You know? Mm-hmm. If you're really a horror fan, you've probably even gone back and you've watched all the other shit like the Alfred Hitchcock shit. You know, I mean, just in general, even just being a movie fan, in general, you've probably seen all that shit. We grew up with it. All over the place. I mean, just the fact that we had more TV channels, you know, you you would get those fucking late-night horror movies and shit like that, that that would play old shit, you know? Now, sometimes, like, yeah, they used to have old black-and-white horror movies that, you know, where it's the the monster or alien or robot slowly walking towards shit or the blob or some shit. Yeah, they've had them, but like, mass market, just horror genre is the 70s on. And that's our whole life. And it's not like we didn't go back and watch those that were before us anyway, you know? So it's, it's just different for us. And I think that that's why maybe studios are having to change it. Because we have seen all that shit. You know? It's. I mean, during our lifetime is when they started mass marketing PG-13 horror movies. To maximize Mm -hmm. teen and kids watching them. Yep. They didn't used to do that back in the day. Horror movies were rated R. That was like a known fact for so long.
2: And that was kind of the appeal of them. It was like, oh, man, I'm watching something that uh, only adults can watch. You know, that used to be half the appeal. You felt like you were watching something that not every kid gets to watch. You know, you had kids who weren't allowed to watch it. And I kind of had parents they they didn't care as much. They they cared more about sex stuff. But I could watch <laughs> Michael Myers slash people's throats and cut their heads off. But uh, but but the sex stuff. Oh, we don't want you to watch that. It it, it that's so freaking weird. That, another conversation for another day. Dude, but anyway,
1: dude, um, my parents <laughs> were the same way. I could watch a million yeah. people get brutally murdered, but God forbid I watch American Pie when I was growing up.
2: Yeah, uh, that is such a strange and weird thing. But but anyway, like but that's how it was. So you know, it used to be kind of like. Oh man, I'm, you know, I'm getting to watch something that a lot of my friends or some people don't get to watch. Oh, look, I'm watching what adults watch. And you're right, dude. But we, you know, coming up, we, we came up at a, at a time where like a, a lot of those horror movies were purposely PG-13 just so, you know, kids our age could get in there and watch them. And that was a big thing. You know, for a long time, that's that that was the formula that that was a winning formula. And it, it's true. Like, and, and just look how much that's changed. Like, it's crazy to think about.
3: All right. You guys ready for the next question?
1: Yeah, we probably should. Because that's yeah. only like, the yeah, like probably <laughs> one. All
3: right. So this is another question from Katie. Um, which horror movie genuinely scared each of you? It doesn't have to be well done or well acted. Just which one made you feel scared, weird, icky, and how old were you?
1: I can do mine because it's quick. And I know this just because of stories my parents told me. There's a movie called Silver Bullet back in the day. It was a werewolf movie. I was supposedly like two or three And apparently it scared the shit out of me. And I was scared of wolves and like werewolves and shit. But then like a few years later, I got over it. Cause like, like I was saying, my parents like fucking, like I grew up on watching bullshit like that. Like as a kid, I was watching creep show. And to this day, I still love creep show. Like, should I have been watching that as a young child? No, I should not have been, but I did. So I've been severely desensitized to this shit, like almost my entire life. (laughs) I don't remember being scared of Silver Bullet because like I said, I was a very small child, but that's just the story I was told by my parents that they were watching Silver Bullet and I was watching it with them and apparently the werewolf scared me and I like hid under the blanket and if we ever go somewhere that had like a stuffed wolf head, I'd be scared of the wolf head until like I saw other horror movies or whatever that were like just other, you know, scary movies or whatever and then I got over it. And that's all I know. Like, that's legitimately, that's the last time. Like, I mean, and I guess it depends on your your definition of icky. Because, like, some of that torture porn shit we were getting for a while, like in the Saw movies and Hostel and stuff like that. Like, you would get those body feelings whenever, like, somebody's getting their eyeball burned out or something. You know? I guess you could call that icky. You know? But that's about it. You know, like those movies where it's it's those movies where they do something and it just gives you that that visceral body reaction. You know, like when somebody's getting like their fingernails ripped out and it makes your the ends of your fingers feel weird. Yeah, I Mm experienced that. You know, but never so much that I don't look or stop watching or anything. You you know what I mean? I still watch it. It you know, it's not it's never enough to detract or enhance or anything. It's just it's just an uncontrollable reaction at that point. But it is what it is. Like I just—if that's what she means by icky—I could maybe say that.
0: Okay, Jason.
2: Um, yeah, for me, I think that the ones that used to, or or, or, the, or the ones that would scare me more were just like kind of like like we were talking about animal horror and stuff like that earlier. Uh, Definitely, Jaws movies, uh, like and just movies with sharks and stuff like that. Growing up and being a kid, the that definitely made me afraid of sharks. I just thought that sharks were like the scariest thing ever. And even when like I would go to beaches and stuff like that, you know, there's always just that back of your mind fear that oh man, you know, could a shark come or or whatever like that. I even remember going to Universal Studios. And there's a Jaws. I fucking love that ride. It's fun. Like that Jaws ride. And I remember my parents telling me a story that I was so scared whenever he was like, well, we're getting, you know, uh, because the boat attendant is like, oh, we're getting that. They're saying we're getting some weird readings under the water. But I I, I don't, you know, but I don't think it'll be anything. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a problem. Then the fin pops up and then they're like, uh, he's like, uh. You know, and he starts radioing in and he's panicking. And the the and those people do such a great job. I I bet that was a fun job. I I would love to do that job. I think I'd be good at that. that But like, yeah, but like, you know, he's acting overly excited and like, oh no, what is that? And try to get us out of there. And then there's a part where the where Jaws pops up right in front of the boat. And they said that that just scared the living hell out of me. Like, like I was just like, oh, uh, you know, covered up with mom and all that kind of stuff. So the Jaws was, was the one, man. And, and, and to this day, the, anytime I'm in like ocean water or something like that or vacation, something like that, I can't help but think about that. I can't help but think about what lies under the water that could potentially destroy you. So that's always been kind of there, you know. So and then, of course, you know, growing up, you find out more about sharks and what their actual behaviors are and stuff like that. And the likelihood of you being just devoured by a shark is not what I thought it was when I was a kid, obviously. But, you know, but I think but I want to say that was like a fear that I remember having as a kid. And then um, kind of like you, Heather, I don't like bugs, too, a- especially like certain spiders, like spiders that I know are poisonous or big spiders and stuff like that. That was another one that used to kind of just give me those, you know, if, if icky yeah. feelings is what we're describing it as, that would definitely be one like I was I, I was not a fan of spiders or waking up and one and f- or feeling like there's one on your leg or whatever the case may be i'm not a fan of that either so anytime i would see like a movie with a giant spider or something like that not gonna lie man every now and then it kind of you know a, a a little bit of those feelings kind of come back now i'm not scared or leaving my seat or like i'm not going oh a spider uh, you know in the theater but i'm not gonna lie in the back of your mind though you kind of remember it like <laughs> it triggers something it triggers something from how I used to react when I was a kid. So I think those would be my biggest two.
3: Okay. I mean, for me, I'm basing it on like, I've never felt so disturbed seeing a movie. And for me, that was um, the Texas chainsaw massacre movie, but like the 2003 version of it. Um,
0: the Jessica and Biel again,
3: one? Yeah, that one. <laughs> And again, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Katie preface like it doesn't have to be well acted or well done or whatever, but just really, you know, scared you, grossed you out, whatever. That movie like disturbed my soul. Like it was, it wasn't even like Leatherface. It was, it was the family. It was the creepy family that was just being super weird and cringy about literally everything that they did. And that was so disturbing, like, thinking about just being stuck in a town full of just creepy, perverted, like, no morals, just terrible people. And it just, I remember just being so disturbed in my soul watching that movie to the point where I'm like, I can't even watch it again. Like, you know, I mean, there's a lot of movies I've seen, and I am fairly easily scared a lot of the times. but that for whatever reason, and I watched it when I was, you know, in high school or whatever. So also at the time, I just, you know, I'm not as (laughs) like, you know, desensitized to things as I am now. You know, obviously we've seen, you know, Saw movies, we've seen things like that coming out. But it was just, I remember thinking that this family of people in this movie were just so disturbing in their behavior and how they treated people and how they acted It just creeped me out. It was so cringy and I just will never forget that and being like, yeah, that's absolutely the most disturbing movie that I remember seeing, honestly. So for me, I think that's what I'm going with because it's honestly to the point where I'm like, I can't even, I don't even remember any of like the, the horror of the, you know, the blood and the whatever. I remember like a couple of scenes, but when I think of that movie, that is the first thing I think about is that creepy. Family like the sheriff and whoever else is in it. If you guys have seen that one, I don't know, but um, just that whole family of people who was Leatherface's family, basically, and just how how much they disturbed my soul. So that's what I'm going with. Did you have you see that one or no? Which one? Skipped out on that one. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre.
1: Yeah, yeah. The Jessica Biel one. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Okay. I was 18, and it had Jessica Beale. How the fuck am I not
2: watching that yeah, movie? Jesse, boy, he was. Boy, he was a huge fan of Jessica Biel. I was. Are you <laughs> still? Are? are you haven't mentioned her in a while? Are you still like a? Is that still a crush? Or is that she was really past?
1: good in the the first season of Sinner. She was super yeah. good in that.
3: She's producing a lot of stuff now. Um, some really good stuff. She also looks the same, so I imagine you probably still have
1: that crush, because she looks exactly the same. Yes. She and was I'll the only reason why thing, I've seen oh, any episodes
2: of 7th Heaven.
3: <laughs> that sounds right.
2: Oops. My bad. And I'll say this last thing just for fun. Um, though, I will say this. One of the best jump scares that um I've ever experienced just a just an, a, a just a an ex- a horror experience that just kind of scared the hell out of me. Didn't actually come from a movie. It actually came from a game. So this is for the gamers out there who played the first Resident Evil. And this is when you play that first game, you don't know shit. You're just playing a game, and you're walking down the hallway, the and there are these hallway. windows. Um. That was crazy too, but I'm talking about when you're walking down that hallway and there are these windows and those dogs shatter those windows oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Suddenly, and suddenly come out of those windows running for you, barking and running for you. I think they were called the hounds of hell in the game. They're zombified Dobermans or whatever, and man, that scared the hell out of me. I remember... I jumped out of my seat and paused the game and I was playing with the lights off or whatever because they were like you Hmm. know you're this is a horror game experience or whatever it was like at that time it was one of the first of its kind so I just so I was playing lights out it was quiet I was all by myself and I'm playing this game immersing myself in it and when those dogs jumped out of that window I like jumped out of my chair and I couldn't believe that a video game scared me that bad. And I've been a fan of Resident Evil ever since. So just thought I'd give a shout out to a game that you, gave me a yeah. great scare.
3: You know what? I actually have <laughs> played that game and I totally remember that part of the game. Yep.
2: There were, and to Sterling's point, that's an iconic scene. Like when that zombie is eating and turns around and looks at you. And then gets up and starts headed slowly towards you. Iconic dude. We'll never forget that scene.
1: There were three things in that. The first Resident Evil game that stand out to me. It's the, it's the first zombie scene. It is the dogs going through the windows. And to me also there's the third part where it's when you first get introduced to the hunters. Um... <gasps> When they replace yes. all the zombies, so like you get past, I forget what part you get past, and then all of a sudden you go first person, and you're looking through the eyes of the hunter, and it's just running through the house and this and that, like running through all the shit, all the shit, and then all of a sudden you see your character, and then all of a sudden it just naps back, and all of a sudden you're just like, what the fuck is that? Because <laughs> all of a sudden there's just yeah. fucking green monster lizard thing. And it's fast and it's and it's vicious and then you kill it and you're like, holy fuck. Oh, I'm so glad I got past that. And then you slowly realize there's no more zombies. It's all hunters now. And you're just like, yep. fuck. You just get that feeling of dread because you're like, how the fuck am I going to get past these? But like, no, Grant. there's super credit to Resident Evil because I don't know of any other game that was like a horror game before it. There could have been. I have no idea. That was my introduction to the idea of a horror video game. Yeah. And holy fuck was it successful at that.
3: Yeah, it was really good.
1: And yeah. I, and I think because it's a video game, which kind of makes it more immersive than a movie, cuz you have direct control over something in it, it worked better yeah is it's it being scared it, like I, I was probably more scared than that than I've been in a movie in the last 35 years of my life
2: yeah it's just worth saying if we're going to talk about this I just feel like it was worth a mention because like and man you're so right about that like that hunter that first person of that hunter coming in there and then you hear that door open and shut and you just hear Ugh. You know, whatever the growl was and you can't see him yet until it until you walk forward. Then you can see him like and that's what was crazy about that game, how they would play. It was almost that was almost sensory horror before there was sensory horror. The way that they would play with the angles in the game where you couldn't see shit, but you could hear it. And so you just had to walk into stuff Th- that was that was that was it before. We actually got a name for it, you know? Resident Evil, man. Resident Evil.
3: Yep. All right, next question. Yep. All right, this one is from... um, I'm sorry, is it Joel or Joel Chavez? Joel. Joel, okay. This is from Joel. Um, He says... We have the Conjuring universe, which has some good movies and some bad ones. And then there was the attempt by Universal to create a universe with the mummy reboot. What monster
0: universe would you like to see brought to cinemas? I'm assuming he's talking about the old Universal ones. You know, because that's what those are. Yeah.
1: Um... Honestly, I would like to see a good version of the Wolfman. Like, I was so disappointed in that Benicio del Toro Anthony Hopkins Wolfman. That was so bad. <laughs> but, but Ryan Gosling's supposed to be doing the next one. Ryan Gosling oh,
4: okay.
1: is doing another Wolfman. Mm. And I'm very intrigued by that one. Because I want to yeah, see I'm that. I'm on board. I want to see. I want to see them do it well. And that question right there is actually why I did the 2017 remake of The Mummy in one of my TikTok uh, movie reviews because I hadn't watched that yet. I owned it, but I hadn't watched it. And I was a fan of the Mummy franchise. And, you know, I always heard it was bad and I watched it. And it just goes to show why the Dark Universe failed to become a cinematic universe and why, uh, DC's kind of failed at doing a cinematic universe and they've started just doing, you know, unconnected movies because they're trying to connect them from the beginning. They're, they're starting it by trying to make a universe. And they just need to follow the Marvel formula. Make some movies and then connect them. Don't make them with the intention of connecting them. Make some movies first. Just make some movies. And then put them together. Because that 2017, Mommy, I don't know if you guys have seen it or not or whatever. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde are in it.
0: Hmm.
1: It makes no fucking sense. <gasps> you know? Wow. And like all this shit. And like Tom Cruise. I mean, this is all spoilers for this movie. I don't think it matters. Because none of this is going to become a franchise anymore or a, a franchise or a cinematic universe. At the end of that movie, Tom Cruise is the quote-unquote, becomes the quote-unquote mummy. So he'd be the mummy for the dark universe. But he's actually like the Egyptian god of death trapped in him now. And he wasn't the mummy that was the mummy throughout the movie. So I'm like, it's dumb. It doesn't work. You know? And then on top of that, he's the Egyptian god of death. So I'm like, that's kind of weirdly overpowered for a cinematic universe, for him to be one of the guys on it. Like, on the team? Like, nobody can die because he can control that. You know? And all this shit. And, he's, and then on top of that, he's not a mummy. That's the other problem with it. He's not a mummy. He's a god of death. Not a mummy. It doesn't work. <laughs> you know? But they were going to do Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man, and Angelina Jolie had signed on to be the Bride of Frankenstein. And I'm like, cool, we're going to get the Bride of Frankenstein. They haven't even made the fucking first Frankenstein, but we're, we've already set the bride. Look like, what the fuck are you doing? It makes no damn sense, you know. So it's—I honestly. Oh, go ahead. No, just it just shows how much of a failure it is when you go into a movie going. Nope, we've got eight other movies. We're going to connect to this one. I hope it works. Fails.
3: yeah i think that's actually something that i i mean an element to that show penny dreadful that i liked was that they they did a lot of the you know famous historical well-known you know monsters and all of that in that show and kind of made them uh, in different episodes you know the monsters that they were after and i thought that that was a cool way to do it as a series like that um, but, you know, I mean, it's not like, I think it was the most well executed, but I think that if you were going to do something like that, I think Penny Dreadful did it in probably the best way I can think of to do it. If you're going to just go with like that gothic horror type of thing. Um, but yeah, I know, I, I know what you're saying, but that just, it just reminded me of that. Cause I, I really liked Penny Dreadful, the TV show. um but yeah i know i know what you're saying though
0: man
2: this is a um this is kind of a hard this was a hard question for me i didn't have an immediate answer when i thought about it and then i thought about it some more and still really didn't have <laughs> what i thought was a good answer um it, it's it, it's it's kind of weird because I, cuz even when I would think of an idea, I was like, well, how would it all fit? Like, how would he, how would you even do it? Or how would you even tackle it? But, um, but, but, you know, I would, I, but I guess if I'm just going to do wishful thinking, I would, Um, it would be cool to see some of your more classic uh, monsters, I guess, come back to the screen in some sort of way. Like a Frankenstein, or like I, I'd, I'd love to see some modern takes of some of those, maybe classic monsters, or or maybe just see what you would do, or maybe it doesn't take place in today's time. Maybe you stay where they you, in the times where they were most prominent. And maybe you do it that way. But I don't know. I think it kind of be cool to have a universe where there was a Frankenstein and there was, um, a mummy and there was a Dracula and there was a, I don't know how you would do it. I mean, I think that what Sterling said is accurate. Like you may, you, you'd have to tell the separate stories and then combine the universe after that. You'd have to do the Marvel method, Marvel method of it. But I think that might be interesting if there was some sort of way of where you know the wolf man the werewolf and you know those are all like classic monsters and it'd be nice to see some of them I mean we still do get vampires and stuff like that you know vampires are still very much a thing but I don't know you know it'd be kind of cool to see Nosferatu again and see like kind of those Monster icons. And since people kind of group them together anyway and think of them together anyway, if there was a way or a universe where they could all exist and be, I don't know what they would be doing except terrorizing people and maybe a band of misfits have to stop them or something. But I, I don't know what that would be or how you would do it. But I'd be down for something like that. I'd be down to see some of those classic monsters just come back to the screen. I'd like to see if it's done right.
3: Yeah. I mean, for me, I, mine is, it's not quite the same, but it's in the same vein and totally stole it from someone else that I saw post it a long time back. Um, it's not monster specifically, but the idea of 13 ghosts having its own like universe or show or something about the, uh, the different backstories of all of the ghosts from 13 ghosts, I think would be really awesome.
1: Yeah. I've seen that. It's like the idea would be like a Netflix series where every episode is the story of each of the ghosts.
3: Yep, exactly. And I, but I mean, even, yeah, in general, a movie or a show or something like that universe of those ghosts and like what, you know, or maybe they're somehow connected And, you know, you don't know it until you hear these backstories or whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that that would be a really interesting series or set of movies.
1: I can see that because I unapologetically love 13 Ghosts.
3: Yeah, it's underrated, honestly. I think it's good.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's shitty. I love every (laughs) shitty second of it.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think it's pretty good, honestly.
1: but come on that whole bullshit where he's the unknown other ghost and blah, blah. It it gets so dumb with that. And the whole, uh, Oh, the guy faked his death and all like, it gets so convoluted with all that shit. And that's where to me, it falls apart. Like I said, I love it though. I might watch yeah. it tonight. Or am I? Might, I might have to save that. Hmm. This TikTok thing is um, just ruining how I watch movies.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys ready for the next question?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: All right, this one's from Dimitri. Uh, he says, "What are your thoughts on the new Chucky TV show coming out? Think it will be any good?" I know we kind of, I think Sterling, you mentioned it in passing a little bit earlier, but I actually didn't know that there was going to be a TV show on this. So, yeah.
2: Yeah, me neither. I mean,
3: yeah, I looked up the trailer after I heard this question. I was like, oh, I wonder. Like, to be honest, like, I don't really know that we need a, a series of Chucky. Like, I feel like the movies are already kind of the, the Chucky series. So, to make it into a show, I feel like it's not necessary. Um, But again, neither is really any of the Chucky stuff. But I did see the trailer. It looks like... um, it's. I I can't tell how I feel about it yet based off of the... um, I I feel like it's going to be very, very similar to the newest movie that came out as far as the, you know, just how they go about doing the story with it and everything. Um, The little kid who is isn't it, or the teenager, he did look like he was, you know, his performance looked like it was going to be fairly okay. But again, and I actually do like the the way that the Chucky doll looks in the series, or the trailer at least. Um, It looks like that old vintage doll, like, it just had more of that feel to it, which to me makes it a little bit creepier. So I, I like how the doll looked. Um, but yeah, it's honestly, I'm still on the fence. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet.
2: Okay. So in the preview, cause I didn't see the preview. So it, 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 it wasn't like a family sitcom with the bride of Chucky and the seed of Chucky and Chucky all living in a house. It no. wasn't that it was like, no, <laughs> no. It's,
1: it's back to Chucky, Chucky.
2: Damn it. Okay.
1: <laughs> I mean I knew about this happening. Um I mean I'm not the hugest Chucky fan in the world. Um but it it looks like they're doing a TV series based on like the original Chucky movie, like the original child's play type of situation. And I so I wonder if it's going to be the doll possessed by a serial killer. Or, and like, how are they really going to do that? Is it going to slow play out? Is it going to be two or three episodes of this doll not killing shit? And then it being a murderous doll for the next, like, eight or whatever? Like, it really depends on how they do that. I honestly, as much as that sounds like that'd be boring, I think that'd be the most interesting way to do it. If you did, like, one or two episodes of it just being a fucking doll. because. So many of your people would be watching it waiting for the kills. And all you're doing is building it and building it. And they're like, when's the yeah. kills going to happen? And you might almost lose people. But then when you do like the scenes from the next episode for the third episode, show the dog killing people then. So they know, okay, here comes the killings. And then just go apeshit with it. I think that would be fun. Yeah. But I think you have to lean into the whole idea of people know what it's going to be. So maybe subvert it a little bit. Like just wait. I think just building the story of the kid and the kid's relationship with the doll and all this and just legitimately build that. And then have it become a murder doll to really kind of really fuck with the kid, on as, as terrible as that sounds, like fuck with the kid's mental state because all of a sudden his doll's a murderer.
0: I think yep. that work. I guess it comes out around
3: October, so that makes sense. I think it's like six episodes or
0: ten or something like that. I have no idea. Um, anything else on that?
1: No, I'm good. Mm -hmm.
3: All right. So, next question. There's a few questions we have from Nellie Bob. Um, The first question is Is trauma good or bad or really, really bad?
0: (laughs) All right. Because we did talk about this a
1: little bit before the podcast, I'll take this one. Um, Yeah, I have
3: nothing to contribute.
1: I'm more familiar with trauma films. In general, most people know something about some trauma films because a lot of people do remember the Toxic Avenger. The Toxic Avenger is trauma films. Um, They've done a lot of them. They've done, like, I know I've seen Mother's Day. I may have seen Father's Day. There's one called Newcomb High. I think I've seen that. Uh, There's uh, Poultry Geist. I have seen that. Um... Yeah, I've seen, I haven't seen like a ton of them, but I have seen a bunch of the. was oh, son of a bitch. Sorry, my cat clawed me right when I said that. Um, I have seen, I've seen a lot of them. Um, a lot of a uh, friend of the show, uh, Josh, um, a lot of his stuff is kind of along the lines of some trauma stuff, you know, with how he's done some of his stuff. And I know he said he's done some work with trauma and stuff. So, uh, They are really bad. Let's be honest. They are really bad. Um, But it goes to what I was saying earlier of that shit-fest, terrible-ass movies that are just some of the funnest fucking shit to watch. I mean... God, I remember the first time I watched Toxic Avenger. I was a child, and I'm still going, what the fuck is this? Like... And it's just, it's magical like that. And we can also thank uh, Troma stuff for uh, giving us James Gunn. James Gunn got a lot of his starts with doing some of that stuff. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that really kind of is great because, you know, which ties into this weekend because uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad comes out this weekend. So serendipitous with that. Um, no, it's very, very bad. I think that's what he said, right? Very, very bad.
3: Yes, really really bad.
1: Really really bad. Yes. Really really bad but in the really really best way.
3: Okay. Jason, anything you want to add or
4: no?
2: No, that was um that was enlightening actually. So now I've yeah. learned a little bit more. Yeah, like um now that I know a little bit more about it. That's that's interesting, man. That's interesting. But no, I didn't I didn't have anything to contribute to this one. I was kind of like, what is that exactly? So thanks for the yeah. explanation. That was, yeah.
3: <laughs> so another question we got from Nellie Bob is Evil Dead Rise. Is it going to be new Sam or old Sam?
0: And will Bruce make an appearance? I don't know.
1: I don't know what we'll get with that. I don't know if this is going to end up being the long-rumored combination of both the Evil Deads. Because after the Evil Dead remake came out, there was some talk that they were going to do another one where they combined the two franchises, like the two versions of it. um, And stuff. And I'm kind of down for that. But... I mean, I I, I kind of don't understand what he means by old Sam versus new Sam because, like, I don't think Sam Raimi has stopped being the director that did the Evil Deads. I think his movies have gotten more money. But, like, if you look at Drag Me to Hell, Drag Me to Hell just looks like, like, plays out a lot like a more polished version of Evil Dead you know, but still got a lot of the same type of style got a lot of the same like weird horror comedy elements to it you know, it's also got the weird gross out horror comedy elements to it you know, like I really think that that movie shows that Sam Raimi still has it and I think especially when he goes into some Evil Dead stuff you know, it it's it's gonna he's gonna have the style right. It's gonna be the right style if he's doing it. Um because he didn't do the remake. And also if Sam Raimi is doing this one, it's gonna have Bruce Campbell. It's just it's it's a foregone conclusion. I mean, Bruce Campbell will be in it. You know, we know this. That's that's an undeniable fact. Now whether or not he's playing Ash might be a whole other story, but you know, like same room. He doesn't do anything without Bruce Campbell showing up for at least five seconds. You know? <laughs> I mean, but he does. So, he'll be in it. Um. Yeah. But I mean, I'm also one of those crazy people that I love, the Old Evil Dead movies. But at the same time, I I really liked the reboot too. I think that that was...
3: I haven't seen the reboot.
2: I, I not need to see that.
1: I think that it was the movie that Sam Raimi would have made if he had more money back in the day. Hmm. Um, We'll see, Sam Raimi isn't directing this. I'm looking up more about Evil Dead Rising. So Sam Raimi isn't directing this. Directed by a guy named Lee Cronin. Um. Oh, I kind of like this idea. Okay, so this is... I, I knew they were making a new Evil Dead. I didn't know they had this much information out about it now. But it's uh, the, evil, uh, the Deadites return, this time with a female heroine in an urban setting as the Necronomicon unleashes its terror on a Skyrise building in the city. Their heroine will be focused on trying to save her family while navigating the dead-invested skyscraper. I think that sounds utterly fucking fantastic.
0: Hmm.
1: Also, no, that's nothing new with the whole female heroine, though. I mean, there's a female heroine in the, the reboot. Um it was just I it was a very, very, very violent movie. The remake was. Um You know how like in the other ones though, they were they were very violent, but done to a comedic effect. You know what I mean? Like, the blood or whatever would, like, spew everywhere and shit like that. Like, it was more comedic. Um, Whereas in the remake, it was... Oh, there's one scene. It's kind of in the trailer, but one of the girls cuts her tongue in half with a shard of a mirror. Um,
4: Mm.
1: Hmm. that that gives you the ickies, kind of like we were talking about earlier. Uh, but I thought I thought it was a gr- I thought it was great. I thought it was, yeah. Was it the horror comedy that we expect from Evil Dead? No, no, it wasn't. But I think it's still. I thought uh, to me it was Evil Dead. If Sam Ramy could have made that back then, like if he had more money and you know better actors and all this other stuff, he w- I think that's the movie he would have wanted to make you know, but he just couldn't, and nothing against Bruce Campbell, I absolutely adore and love Bruce Campbell, but especially Bruce Campbell in The First Evil Dead, he's not really a good actor he's become one, he's become well, he's become I don't want to say a bad, like a good actor or something he's just, he picks his roles, you know what I mean, like he knows what he's doing, you're not putting Bruce Campbell in a movie unless you want a version of Bruce Campbell you know Yeah, but I I I still think that was very good, and I really do like this one. The idea of this one, so I would say I hope Bruce Campbell gets a uh, a cameo in this, even if he's just a random deadite.
3: Yeah, that gets like shotgun
1: to the face or something. He still he still should be in it. That was the one thing I will say that disappointed me about the other Evil Dead reboot was Bruce Campbell wasn't in it. Should have just been a quick cameo, something.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. I I just feel like it's not the same if he doesn't make some kind of an appearance. So I agree. I th- I think it'll happen, but it could be more just like wishful thinking because I want it
0: to happen.
2: Um, I guess as far as i I've never felt like I I wouldn't call myself a fan. Of, of that series like i don't love it or anything like that but um i've always found it it found them entertaining and stuff like that i never saw the reboot so i need to fix that i need i do need to see that but but um but i hope the best for it you know i mean why not you know more good co- content and that's always been an iconic series i know that there are a lot of people that are fans of that. And Bruce Campbell and everything. So why not? You know, why not? I hope it's good. And maybe before then I can see this reboot so I can be right. ready for that. You know.
3: Same. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we only have, we have a few more questions left. Um, this next one is more of a book-based question. Um, but it comes from Davey. He says... Who did it better, Stephen King, Anne Rice, or Michael Crichton? Which, you know, I, I mean, I don't know on that. Go ahead.
1: That is kind of a slightly loaded question. Just for the sheer fact that I don't really remember Michael Crichton writing any horror, really. I mean, maybe The Relic? Maybe?
3: Hmm. but unless you're counting Jurassic Park kind of as you know horror I
1: mean I could hey, elements of it but the book really not at all and okay. I don't even think the relic is horror as a book okay but it's very much meant to be a horror movie but you know that's whatever Um, it's got to be Stephen King it's got to be like it it's Stephen King. He is the king of horror books. Like Yeah. On top of having sheer volume of it. Like Anne Rice is very much I don't know a lot of her stuff. It's it's Anne Rice, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Anne Rule is true crime. Okay, that I always get that fucked up in my head. Sorry. Um Anne Rice, I don't know a lot of her books, but I know at least most of them were the the Lestat vampire books. She might have other horror books. Yeah, it's books. like
3: more, one lane, it seems like. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. She might. I don't know. You know, she might have a series based on werewolves. I don't know. I know that she does the Lestat books. Stephen King does it all.
3: Yeah. That's like, what I was going to say, too. Yeah.
1: I mean, he also does not horror shit. The motherfucker just writes 9,000 books a year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 got to be Stephen King, though. That's just like... I don't even I think feel like his close.
3: ideas are super creative. You know, like they're always there's always something like I mean he he kind of not really has a pattern but like it's it's almost like something he does you know it's him but at the same time I just feel like he has he's just creative. He has so many different types of ideas which is why like you said he like even writes non-horror. Like he just has ideas. He's very creative and and Rice I agree. I mean, I think she has like one lane sort of, and not that she's bad in that lane, but I feel like she's not as, like, she doesn't have a, such a wide range of what she writes. Uh, my mom, like, read all of these books when I was younger, so, like, she had all of, all of three of these, actually, all three of these authors, she had all their books. So, yeah, but, I mean, Stephen King, I just feel like, yeah, I, I I feel like that's also, if we're talking about who did it better as far as like in the horror element, I mean, definitely I would have to say Stephen King. But just in general, too, it's Stephen King because he just has so many different creative ideas.
2: Yeah, I don't think I can add much more than what you guys said. Like, he's just got so many iconic stories, so many and and a lot of his stories have been adapted to movies and stuff like that so to me that speaks to how his his writing has really captured the imagination of so many filmmakers people in hollywood and stuff like that it's almost transcendent you know he's kind of done something that you you could argue is unique to him when when it comes to other authors and stuff like that i mean I don't know if there's another author who's had their material adapted so much so often and just the sheer volume of it. So right. I think that that really speaks to his legacy and his influence. And yeah, I think he's a, a shoe in to win this contest, you know?
3: Yeah. All right. I think we have arrived at our last question, which is from Kevin. And the question is, only one horror movie, Silence of the Lambs, has ever won Best Picture. Five others have been nominated. Jaws, Exorcist, Get Out, Black Swan, Sixth Sense. Is this fair? Or are there other classic uh, or newer horror movies that deserve some Oscar love?
1: I find a major fallacy in this question. hmm And that is
3: same one I probably found too, yeah.
1: <laughs> Silence of the Lambs isn't a fucking horror movie.
3: Yeah.
1: Like I I was get about it. to
2: say, is that? Does that count?
1: It's it's all because Hannibal Lecter and like you always you know, you see those like where they do like pictures and groups, like or like, you know, somebody draws a picture and it's like a bunch of horror movie like slashers. Hannibal Lecter's always in there. Mm. Unjustifiably so. He's not even really a slasher. Yeah, he puts on people's faces and shit like that, but that's not really like... The movie isn't him doing that, though. You know? Like, the movie isn't him just killing and putting on faces all the whole movie. You know? Is he a killer? Yes. But he's not a slasher. It's not a horror movie. That's a yeah. straight up suspense thriller detective movie. Like, mm-hmm. that's a
3: crime, crime,
1: crime thing. mystery thriller. Yeah. yeah. Like a, a crime mystery. It's a slightly more violent episode of Law and Order. I mean, it's <laughs> what it is. It's an episode of honestly, Criminal Minds.
3: Yeah. I mean, honestly, Black Swan is, I don't think that's really a horror movie either.
1: It's not. I hadn't even gotten to those yet. I was just focusing on the.
3: Oh, the major one. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I'm going to say Sixth Sense isn't a horror film either.
2: Yeah. I I was like, wait, Sixth Sense? (laughs) It has ghosts
1: in it, but it's not like. And does it have some jump scares? Yeah. But that's all about suspense and tension and all this other stuff. It's not really meant to scare you. If so, then I would say it's a bad horror film because it only gets you like once or twice. That's not good for a horror film.
3: Yeah, it's also a thriller category, I think, yeah.
1: But yeah, Black Swan, definitely. Just because it goes into some weird, dark imagery at the end, I wouldn't say that makes it horror. It's, that's very much just a... Once again, I guess it's that weird line that sometimes gets blurred with suspense thrillers. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and in the story, I guess you could argue the story is like horrific or in a sense that where of the journey that the character takes, you know? And how you interpret that journey at the end and stuff like that. So I can... See that there is a sense of like that there is a sense of dread, there's a sense of what that character kind of becomes and that journey and everything like that. And it is a and that and that does go to a dark place, but like you said, I don't think that that justifies it as horror. I do think that it gives you unsettling feelings and stuff, but I feel like that's more uh, because of the storytelling and stuff and you're thinking about, like the, what that character went through psychologically. I don't think I walked out afraid or scared or anything like that. You know, which is your point.
1: Oh yeah. Black Swan is not scary at all. It's dreadful yeah. at the end. It, you get yeah. a sense of dread, but to me, it's yes. more along the lines of a
2: tragedy,
1: like a historic a yeah, tragedy or like a
2: great guess. Right. That's exactly what it is. Kind of like your traditional Shakespearean tragedy.
1: That's what it is. It's dreadful because it's tragic. You're sad. You feel pity for the main character. You know? You're not scared. It's pity. Because you see this talented person like devolve into madness and and break down. I mean, is that a scary thought that it could happen to you? Sure. But this movie also doesn't implant the audience member into it like that. You know? You're not implanting the audience member in that movie, so it's not like you're even relating to it like, man, this could happen to anyone. You know? So they're not even doing that aspect of it. So to me, there's no fear in it. Mm-hmm. What were the other ones he said? You know, he said get out, which, yeah, that works. Jaws. Jaws works. No, those are the only yes, two. Those are really those two. I mean, um, are there other horror movies that deserve to be nominated for Best Picture or something like that? No. And I've had some that yeah. I really enjoyed. Like, I loved mm-hmm. The Baba Duke. I loved. Lights Out. I loved It Follows. Um, I loved a lot of these modern, like, or not a lot, but I've loved a good amount of some of these really good modern horror movies. Um, uh, One we talked about earlier, The Witch, which honestly, uh, what's her name? Uh, Anna Taylor-Joy? Apparently, she hates that movie because she thought her acting was terrible in it. And I feel so bad for her because I thought she was great. (laughs) Yeah,
3: she has no idea. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm like, you were great. The movie's great. Um, Yeah, these are great movies. Yeah. But it's not Best Picture shit. You know, like...
3: Yeah. Honestly, Get Out, though, really... I think, honestly, it was. And I'm not just saying that because I just really like that movie. I totally get why it was in that category and nominated for that.
1: Yeah, but it's the same with Jaws, though. If you break mm-hmm. down Jaws from like a movie, like like crafting exactly, a movie, yeah. Jaws is almost perfect with the idea of crafting a movie. Yeah. The way they built that movie is just damn near perfect from like a technical standpoint. Right. You know? Like, there's a reason why that is the Godfather of of some the of summer blockbusters that was the first summer blockbuster ever was jaws like no. it works on so many levels you know but mm-hmm. no i wouldn't say anything really just outside of get out because right. get out truly that changed the game it, it did it changed the game in so many ways Like, he really tried to change how we look at horror films. And that's why we even had to talk about it earlier, you know. Because it does borderline where I can see where somebody can say it's not horror. Because it is so experimental with the elements of horror, you can argue it's not. And, like I said, my argument why I think it is. You know, I'm not going to rehash that. Just listen to two hours ago. You'll hear it. <laughs> um, but, and I think that that's what makes it so great. Because I do think the intention of those things, maybe it goes down to that. What's the intention? The intention was to scare. You know? Yeah. The in- and,
3: and you're right, because I, I made the argument that maybe it's more of a psychological thriller. But... Even, like, regardless of that, because it is classified as horror, that's why I'm, like, okay with it being (laughs) nominated for that. You know what I'm saying? So, even though it wasn't necessarily what I classified it as, I was like, but technically it is. And so, yeah, okay. Yeah, it deserves it.
1: I mean, I just feel like Jordan Peele's intentions during that movie, like, at least with with when I watched the movie... I felt the intention to scare. You know what I mean? Yeah. To build fear.
3: True. Sixth
1: yeah. Sense doesn't have that. Black Swan doesn't have that. Silence of the Lambs doesn't have that. You know? Like, there's no real fear in any moment of those movies. So, like, mm-hmm. I that's... I mean, maybe that's... Like, you know... But you can argue then, like, them be horror movies that are horror comedies don't try to instill fear. Yeah, but the at least the emotional response from characters in the movies are supposed to be fear, would be my other argument with that. Is fear is still an element in the movie, even if it isn't the audience intention? You know, like you watch Thanksgiving, you're not scared at any point while watching Thanksgiving, but the characters have the emotional response of fear
4: mm.
1: of what's attacking them you know so yeah. that's what i would do would say you know it's not like a fear okay. like a fear of something you know like i guess black swan has the fear of failure but that's not really like a horror movie theme i mean i right. guess if you want to get really experimental with it sure but like that's kind of a bad horror movie if the 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 main horror villain is Failure. Right. (laughs) You know, I guess then Mighty Ducks would be a horror movie too.
3: (laughs) Oh man, that was great. No, I I get that. And that makes sense. And I'm kind of right there with you. Like I can't think of any other like horror movies that really should be in that category. There are a couple of like, acting performances that I can say might be at least like nomination wise for the Oscars, but not like best picture overall. So yeah, I I would say I agree. I don't think there's many that should fit that category other than the ones that were mentioned that are actually horror movies.
2: Yeah. And just to try to say um, something a little different, um, yeah it's hard to just uh cherry pick uh a horror film and say yes this should have been but i definitely think that there is potential for maybe a horror film to uh rise to that occasion and win best picture and get out is a good example of that i I just think that you know um but when you look at get out it it was transcendent. It did a lot of the... Uh, it used a lot of the elements of thriller and stuff like that with those horror elements. It mixed them perfectly, but it was also saying something, um, you know, about racism and things like that. And it was playing on kind of some of those fears, too, and kind of the history of blacks and whites. And there was all this other stuff going on with it, which is why it wound up in the Oscar lineup. And a lot of times with horror movies, uh, it's almost like with a lot of them, the nature of them keeps them out in a way. Like, because most of the time, like horror movies are very cheaply made. You know what I mean? Normally, the, the idea is how... How can we spend the least amount of money possible, <laughs> but but still have something that an audience wants to see? And I know maybe you could argue that is kind of the formula for uh, all movies or a lot of movies, but, but, but you know what I mean? It's different with horror movies. I feel, I feel like they can sometimes get away with just kind of being cheap. La, la, like it's almost like that's part of it. Like you're, you're, you're trying to be as cheap as you can, but still make this movie. Uh, a lot of, and a lot of times being cheap means is that you, the acting normally isn't what like the, what typically the Oscars are looking for. Yeah, there would be some good acting and stuff like that. But typically what you're getting in horror movies, though that is changing, which is why I think there's potential, but But typically the way it used to be, you didn't always need the best acting. You didn't always need to have to spend the most, the best money on special effects. You didn't always have to have these superstars or people with this star power and stuff like that. You didn't really need those ingredients to have a good horror movie. You know what I mean? So I think that just by the nature of what horror was for a long time that kept it out. And then, of course, the other side of that is, well, Oscar voters and people like that, they look for certain things, politics, etc. Of course, there are other pieces to that that just involve the Oscar formula. But I think that was part of it, too. Just by nature of what they are most of the time, that keeps them out. But I do think things are changing. The Oscars is opening itself up more to more films and stuff like that. So now sometimes just a popular movie will be in there. You know, something that was just it may it it may not win the best picture, but it's there because it just was popular. It was trendy. It amassed a lot of attention and it made sort of an impact in the cinema industry. You know, I, I when I when I, I think about something like Black Panther, that's why it got there, you know, because of kind of the impact it made. May perhaps it was not the best movie in the lineup, but it made it be for other reasons. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe a horror movie can get in for something like that. You know, if it's if it does something like and well, it did like get out is another example of that. Maybe if you could transcend If you can make a lot of money at the box office and you can kind of um, and, and you have that acting that can go with it, that acting that really makes a difference, which there was a lot of great acting in get out as well, you know, which it so it had some of those things that the Oscars look for. And I do feel that as horror movies get more creative and more money is starting to be spent and more stars start to be in more movies like this you know like when it becomes commonplace to see emily blunt um running away from aliens or it becomes a little more you know as they um as the more of the movie industry embraces those films as the films to be in and the ones you want to be on and stuff like that and they continue to, like, stretch and be more creative and try mixing these different genres and stuff like that, it wouldn't surprise me to see horror movies get more love as the quality of them uh, increases.
3: Yeah.
1: I think a movie that was left off of that list that was also left off of the Oscars for Best Picture that I think could have stood a real chance, and it might be debatable whether or not it's a horror film, it's at least got insanely strong horror elements to it. And that would be Pan's Labyrinth. Um, Back whenever it was I nominated. I knew you were going to say that. that back when it one. was nominated, horror, uh, foreign films didn't get nominated for Best Picture. It got nominated for Best Foreign Film. It didn't win that either. But... I think it could have been nominated for Best Picture, easily. I think it would if it was made now. And, I mean, like I said, it might loosely play with the definition of horror, but it's got some strong as fuck horror elements to it. You can't have the pale man and say that it's not arguably also a horror movie when it's got one of the most (laughs) iconic, essentially, horror movie monsters of all time. Like, the Pale Man is fucking iconic. Mm. Like, that might be one of the scenes that borderline on maybe, like, gave me creepy feelings. Because what Doug Jones did as the the Pale Man, that is 100% body acting. Like, just being becoming a monster. That was so fucking good.
2: Yeah, he was excellent, and that was a great a choice. Right when you started talking, I was like, I, I, something told me he might say Pan's Labyrinth, and, and it's because of how excellent that was. Uh, yeah, that is a good choice. That That is something that had the potential to win something. Yeah, I agree with that for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think if it was made now, with their willingness to put foreign language films in the best picture category I think it would have been put in best picture if it was nominated now if it came out now
0: Mm. plus it's so good that was all the questions I had friends
1: that's it that's all the horror we got
0: yep You guys got any more, uh,
1: anything horror related you want to talk about?
0: I am good.
1: Yeah, me too. I think I'm good. I mean, I'd kind of be willing to talk about something that I think is very horrific. Like, I think it's so horrific that it kind of, it, it, it does kind of reach into my core. And, like, grip me with horrific feelings. Oh, boy. And that'd be the presidency of Ronald Reagan.
3: <laughs> that, yes. I really should have seen that coming as, like, what this would be. <laughs> but somehow I didn't.
1: It's scary. We're going to have to end up doing something about that at one point. But, like, here, a little-known fact about the Ronald Reagan presidency. He had a personal astronomer like dictate most of his schedule. Like, whether like times in which his plane would land type of dictate his schedule. I mean, this is the president and what is considered like, because the US president's always considered the leader of the free world. And this motherfucker won't land his plane because of a star chart. That's fucking terrifying, people. (laughs)
0: yeah that's um that's interesting I did not know that
1: wow I just can't I sometimes have a hard time articulating it just because of how much it it terrifies me
0: oh boy can you imagine a movie about that (sighs) oh
1: Oh, that'd be, i that'd be too scary. I couldn't watch it.
3: The one movie that actually scares
1: you? <laughs> yeah. Right up there with... Uh, There's a documentary that came out a few years ago. like By a few years ago, I mean a lot of years ago. Called Jesus Camp. I swear to God, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever fucking watched. Oh, man. Anyway... Now now I'm not going to be able to sleep. Now I'm scared. Um. Anyway, Uh thank you guys for listening to this episode, this bonus episode, this off-script episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com. Check us out on uh, Facebook where we're Cinema Slayers podcast. Twitter and Instagram where we're Cinema underscore Slayers. Um, TikTok, which I'm six in at this specific moment. Um... Where we're Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok. I am doing 153 straight days of watching a different movie every day and doing a little one minute TikTok about it. So that's it, sounds easy. It's actually kind of grueling to watch a different movie every day for 153 straight days. I'm six that days in quite and going, daunting. fuck, this is a lot. And then also, then recording a TikTok. And as you guys listen to on the podcast, like, I used to edit out when I'd fuck up on the podcast. Then I stopped editing out, so you guys hear me all the time fuck up constantly. But I can't really do that on TikTok. So then, like, it's several takes for me to fucking get one minute straight. Because I know you guys who listen to this podcast long enough, it's hard enough for me to talk for one minute straight without fucking something up. So it's so hard. But, I'm doing it. I'm dedicating it. I've changed the name uh, of it. because See, I've already fucked it up on the thing because I keep saying a four-month challenge because apparently I don't know how months work. And when you're in the month of August, you have five months left of the year. So, yes, it's a five-month daily movie challenge even though my first five TikToks say four months. It's five. I finally fixed it. I corrected it. Um, so, check that out. It's As much as it is grueling and all this other stuff, it is kind of fun doing it because I'm watching some movies I haven't watched before. I've, you know, some of them are movies I've seen before, but I have watched a couple I haven't watched before, and that's kind of fun. You know, especially since I already owned them, I might as well watch them. Uh, but I am enjoying that. Um, give us a five-star rating and review. It would really help us out. We'd really appreciate it. Um, tell your family, tell your friends, tell your mothers, because we all know mothers love horror movies, so they're definitely going to love this episode. And as always, just remember according to Justin, Moon Knight is the best picture winner. Somebody
4: will listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you. All
0: right. Are you ready?
4: Come on. Cinema Slayer, right, Slayer, right, Slayer. Right, Slayer.
1: I'm really surprised you didn't start singing This is Halloween, Justin.
3: (laughs) He was scared by the Ronald Reagan
0: thought you had, I think.
1: Oh, I get it. (laughs) Scared him into silence.
0: I feel you.